G'day mates, g'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast, this is the July 4th Guitar Wank Podcast, well because I'm I'm running late, really, and it just works out that it's July 4th, so it is now officially the Guitar Wank July 4th episode, happy July 4th to all of my Americanos, uh, if you uh, are living in America, and uh, welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast, and uh, it, yeah, it's July 4th, baby, um, in the, as Bruce would say, dependent day, <laughs> does he say that, I can't remember what he says, yeah, he says, instead of Independence Day, it's Dependence Day, so uh, welcome, thank you for joining us, um, It's if it sounds a little weird, it's because I am in La Jolla, San Diego, down here for the July 4th festivities, and um, i got to say, it's absolutely amazingly beautiful down here, I really would love to move down here, right next to the beach, the beaches are gorgeous, absolutely beautiful, but of course I need uh, way more donations from you guys before that will happen, but um, yeah, it's really beautiful down here, it should be a fun day, and uh, I hope everyone has a great holiday and is safe. God, I hope everyone, we're all safe. I hope we're all safe. Fucking crazy motherfucking world it is at the moment. Um, it's We've got another episode without Bruce or Scott, because <laughs> Bruce is in Chicago. He's doing, he's fucking on some crazy-ass tour out there. <laughs> he's going to tell you all about that. And uh, and Scott, I called Scott and said, uh, Scott, let's do a Bruce-free episode you and I, I got tons of questions for you, blah, blah, and uh, Scott was basically, Troy, I'm uh, editing my album, and I have nothing to say, <laughs> he just told me, dude, I got nothing to talk about, and I kept saying to him, Scott, I've got so many questions, we've got shitloads to talk about, and he was like, no, I have nothing to talk about, so I think he was just definitely in mindset mode of album and he's probably extremely pissed off with the world and everything he's doing right now and he didn't want to talk so there you go so i did try i did try to get uh scott so we'd have a bruce free but he's uh he's doing his thing and he'll be back when bruce gets back you know you gotta have the two lesbians together you guys get it all right the two old lesbians um i miss them dearly um what else is going on our competition. If you're listening right now and you entered the competition, you are in luck because during this episode, I'm going to announce another winner. Yeah, right? How excited are you now? It's like, oh God, I'll continue to listen to Troy's bullshit just because there's a prize in it. Well, good on you. That's what's going to happen. In this episode, I will announce another winner, because I said every week, every show, we will announce a winner. Now, whether we send you any prizes or not, that's a whole different story. Now, we will, we will, I promise we will. If you win, you will get a prize. So, uh, we already have two winners so far, uh, and uh, today is no exception, another winner. This will be a July 4th winner. There you go. Uh, Now, how do you enter the competition? Because if you're listening, uh, wherever you are in the world, to this podcast, and you're thinking, oh, fuck, I don't think I'm in the competition, well, you need to do three things. You need to go to the website, guitarwank.com, subscribe. Pretty simple. Subscribe to the website. 
go there, do that. And then uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, iTunes or Stitcher or I don't know how you listen to it, leave a comment, a review. That's what we want you to do. Leave a review. It helps us. I'm not really sure how, but I think the more positive reviews, it's just going to help us in the end. So leave a positive review. Lie if you have to, and uh, that'll be fine too. Uh, and then go to guitarwank at gmail.com. That's an email. Email us at guitarwank gmail.com and tell us that you did those things and why you like the show and that you are now in the competition because then I'll see your name and uh, you'll hopefully win a prize. Pretty simple, right? It's, you know, it's all free and you potentially could get something out of it besides the amazing information we deliver on a weekly basis. <laughs> Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Um, you, uh, you're you going to be up for a prize. So that's pretty cool too. So there you go. Uh, shits and giggles. Um, what else we got? So if you don't want to buy... If you don't want to uh, buy a t-shirt, a mug, or a cap, um, I'm not sure why you wouldn't want to do that. Actually, if you're going to buy a t-shirt and you aren't an ex, uh, ex, extra large, don't buy a t-shirt, because that's all we've got. We've just got extra larges at the moment. So hang tight if you want another size, because we're, we're waiting for a new shipment. But anyway, buy a mug or a cap. Personally, I'm a big fan of the cap. Uh, I wear it probably way too much now, but I do love the caps. And uh, if you buy a cap, a t-shirt, or a mug, I will send you pics and coasters as well. All part of the deal, ladies and gentlemen. We're we're just looking after you. What are you, what are you going to do? Uh, if you don't want to buy any of our merch crap, donate. Donate. Uh, you can even leave your will. You can send us your will and everything you own. Um, so when you pass on, guitar, it all goes to Guitar Wank. Instead of giving it to your cat, maybe you're a lonely person, you don't have any friends, you just have this podcast and maybe a cat or a pet, and you were thinking of giving it to your pet, fuck the pet, give it to Guitar Wank. Why are you recording this? I'm recording because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting inside the car in the garage in uh, La Jolla, San Diego, because it's really early and everyone else is asleep, and I didn't put the podcast up last night, so I'm doing it right now. So I just, I tried to call you before, I thought it would be cool to talk to Bruce, because Bruce and Scott have been missing in action, and uh, and you just called, so this is perfect. Uh-oh, okay. So, um, what was, um, what did you just say about July 4th? Well, I just wished everybody a happy Codependence Day. Codependence, see I said Dependence Day, it's Codependence uh, Day. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, either one works. <laughs> How you going? Oh, man, you know, Chicago, living the dream. Deep dish pizza, baby. There's an idea that should never have happened. It's it's not that good, right? Actually, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's not really the kind of thing that humans should probably eat. But, <laughs> but I did get taken to a really good place for it. Oh, you and did? There, there, and, and, I, and I stand corrected. There is some actual redeeming food taste value in it. You know, <laughs> I mean, the, the flaky crust, it's not like just eating a brick, you know what I mean? And with a bunch of pizza crap on top, you know, I mean, it was actually, they, they mixed in stuff with the dough and it was light and 
again, it's, I'm not going to go so far as to say it was ever a good idea that it was invented, but um, it definitely changed my attitude about whether it's like the dumbest idea ever invented. <laughs> oh, man. Did you have a gig last night? I'm glad you asked. Yes, I did. What did you do? It was just a, a, little, a little gig in, um, in a in a kind of a bar in Chicago and uh, and it was duo with Aaron McDougall and uh, a couple actually a guitar young guitar player sat in who's real good uh, we had a lot of fun you know and then I went up and heard a, a good band at a club called Andy's uh, it was a tribute to Vaughn Freeman who's sort of like the big musical jazz mentor of Chicago the patriarch I guess you'd say right and he was a tenor player, so there were three horn players, all great, and a really good rhythm section with a guitar player named Mike Alamana, kind of a Chicago, you know, uh, a real Chicago guy, you know, well-known. He played with Vaughn for a lot of years. I think he kind of runs it, along with another horn player. And... Um, it was good, you know, a lot of swinging music from Lester Young and Bird, you know, guys that influenced Vaughn a lot. And then last night, I, I went to, like, this club called the Green Mill, which is just the greatest club. <laughs> it's like Al Capone hangs out in it uh, the night before, I'm sorry, you know, and, and it was just great. Al Capone was there? Al Capone was not there last night. He, he had another engagement. I forget. They said he was working somewhere else. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Well, well, how's the heat out there? It's pretty hot? Uh, not, you know, it, there was a heat wave last weekend. Right now, it's kind of pleasant. Uh, I think it's getting hot again. You know? Right. But it's humid. It's way different than California, you know. Awesome. Just the, the feel of the air, you know, it's okay, working gigs. Uh, we got a, a huge uh, write-up in the Chicago Tribune for my Red Guitar show. Right. Oh, wow. Um, the show is next Saturday in Chicago, but uh, we got the write-up on Tuesday. It, you know, half the page, below the fold, you know. Yep. So it was uh, on the arts and entertainment. So it was like, yeah, baby, you know. That's awesome. You know, that and a gun will get you anything. <laughs> So if you're in Chicago, go see you. Where, now, where are you doing this gig with the red guitar? It's a place called The Den. The Den. Den. Right. And it's a, it's a theater, I think, complex. It's not a, you know not necessarily a jazz club. It's more of a theater place. Wow. And, and um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, it's been a long trip, you know, in a lot of cities. So, uh, you know. Look, ready, ready to get on with it here. You look, know? Looking forward to getting home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. the road is great too. You know, I know as soon as I get home and I'm there for a few days, I'll start going stir crazy. But yeah, yep. uh, got lots of ideas to work on musically. Changing my red guitar show a little bit so over this trip. So you know, I got stuff to work on. Now, I like is, nothing to do. Is there any updates on that potential guest? Well, uh, no, nothing, no updates. We're just going to have to leave it hanging there. You know, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to leave it quiet till we get to it. All know? right. Okay. It's, it's smart because, uh, things can change at any moment, you know? 
Exactly. And of course, you did hear that everybody was up in arms when George Benson, I guess, lost his voice on a concert. Did you hear about that? No. I guess George Benson had voice problems, and then he played a concert, so he just kind of played the whole time. And Which, of course, to our guitar wankers, we would like probably pay double for that concert, right? <laughs> and uh, everybody got all uh, militant about it and wanted all their money back. Cause, wow. Yeah, yeah, this happened. I don't know when this happened, like last week sometime. Does that, does that just prove that uh, guitar is less important than vocals? Well, you know, I mean, no. What it proves <laughs> is when you got a pop star is known for singing, you know, even if you're the greatest guitar player on the planet, it's not enough. I think that's what that proves. Yeah, wow, that's, I mean, yeah, I would have, I would have enjoyed that concert. Oh man, you, you don't you know, it's like, God, you know, I mean, nothing, I love his singing too, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, I mean, the music he's singing ain't, ain't my favorite, but actually I think this was the Nat Cole stuff, so it would have been even better than, you know, to my, for my opinion, than what he had been doing before it, but, um, right. But yeah, I mean, to hear him just play all night, you know, God, I, but I, that was my growing up days, and well, you know, and he was playing as good as ever, you know, shit, I, you know. Wow. It's like, seeing, it's like seeing God, man. Yeah. <laughs> man, you, you just can't win, can you? I mean, he got yeah, out there and... I guess that's what that really proves. You know, here I am, not trying to win, just trying to keep up, but it's pretty obvious that that's not going to happen. <laughs> wow. Cool. So, uh, anyways, that's some news, you know, guitar news in the world. Yeah. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was all over Facebook, so I'm sure... You know, I wouldn't even be surprised if somebody linked it on our Guitar Wank page. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, there you go. Well, that's um. Yeah. Well, man, we we're excited. I I keep telling the listeners that you and you and Scott are just missing in action, and uh, everyone's excited to I'm get. I'm really back. sorry about that, guys. You know, you know, I'm a devoted Guitar Wank. Uh, whatever I am, I host or uh, you know, head pathologist. I don't know, um, <laughs> but. You know, goddamn, gotta work. You know, and this has been a long trip, which I'm sure I'll have lots of funny road stories to tell. I just don't want to tell them while I'm out here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, don't tell them yet. Yeah. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait till you get back safe and sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, just uh, and if anybody's out in the Midwest, there's still time to come hear the Red Guitar at South Bend. Is uh, is this going out on today's show? This is going out like as soon as we finish, it's going to go up. Okay, well, then the South Bend on Friday and Chicago on Saturday. So, you know, still time to check into Notre Dame and Hold it. Us. So let me get this right. This Friday at South Bend. Yeah. And then Saturday at the Den. Yeah, in Chicago. In yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, don't try and do that in New York. It's not going to work. No, 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 no. You you gotta... know, go ahead and try and do it. Do it. Yeah, something good will happen. Sure. <laughs> It'll be fun. Well, yeah, um, uh, and, the... and Scott and, and Troy, let's face it, you're like hanging out in some parking garage in San Diego right now. You're not necessarily like in the Guitar Wing Central. No, so, I, I mean, am. Don't I... say that we're missing in action. I think that you, you know, are also missing in action. I'm missing it. Yeah, I'm sitting in. I'm sitting in my my Dodge Durango <laughs> in the garage. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you're probably going to get arrested, man, you know. I'm, but, I, um, I'm just, and, 
And you were also in Nashville for like 10 days, you know, and all the people you had there and you didn't get any of them, man. No, but I'm going to go to Australia. I'm going to interview a bunch of Aussies. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I'll do that. Nashville's got nobody to yeah, you're right. Well, Nashville I did, no I one. did try and tee up Nashville. I'll be, I'll be back in Nashville, so we'll definitely get Nashville. But at the moment, my main concern is, is how long can you stay in the car before you need to crack the window? Oh, that's right. Somebody's gonna like call the cops because you like lock your dog in there. You know what I mean? There, that's a, yeah. yeah, it could happen. No, the thing is, people don't care when adults are locked in cars. No, you know, it's a, you got to have an animal. You, you know. No big deal. It's like it's a kid or a dog. Yeah. Care about. I, I probably should turn the engine off, right? Because I'm feeling a little uh, sleepy. Yeah, well, I don't know. If, if you have, it depends on if you're in enclosed space. <laughs> <laughs> might be, this might be a bad way to start my July 4th. Really, man, you know. And whatever you do, hey, everybody out there, don't be shooting guns in the air, please. No, because... You, know, you never know where that shit's going to land. That shit's got to come down, so yeah, don't That's do that. All. You know, I'm, I'm in Chicago, so I'm, I'm like, I'm definitely going to have a thick roof ahead of me all day. Yeah. Of me all day, you know? Yeah, be, be careful out there. Yeah, you know, and uh, enjoy your Dependence Day or Codependence Day, whatever. And uh, and we will we'll catch you... Uh, you get home when? I get home uh, Sunday. So Sunday. All right. Cool. So that's, you know, seems like a long way away now, but it'll get here. Yeah, it'll happen. So, all righty. All right, man. Well, we'll say goodbye to the guitar wankers and uh, we'll talk to you later. Yeah. I just want everybody to know that background noise they're probably hearing. I'm on the balcony of a apartment on the 18th floor in downtown Chicago. So that's why you hear all that ambient noise. And don't worry. I don't plan to, throw myself off it. <laughs> it's not that bad yet. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. That would be some news, but that would be amazing I know, news. It really would give us a bump in ratings, I think. It but, would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, I'll get this show up, and we will talk to you later. Okay, man. You know, get out of that car before you die. <laughs> we'll do. Thanks, mate. I guess well, there you go. Mr. Bruce Foreman butting in, <laughs> giving us a call. Thanks, Bruce. See? So he's still out there. He's still doing his thing. So uh, let's get back to the episode. Uh, we are going to continue with my two pommy mates, Mr. Rob Harris. Not to be confused with Rolf Harris, who's actually um, serving time, I believe, for uh, touching people inappropriately in a English jail. Is that right? Anyway, uh, it's Rob Harris, the guitarist from Jamiroquai, and uh, we'll also continue with uh, Robbie Garland, my uh, my other pommy mate. Okay, so you're going to listen to these two pommy bastards, listen to this Aussie bastard talk about a bunch of bastard kind of conversations. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, a bunch of great blokes and super talented guitar players and musicians and just lovely people. Uh, a big shout out to Matt Pryor and Stelios. Guys, I really love that you guys listen to the show. Um, some more Pommy Bastards who are great blokes um, and uh, really appreciate their ears and support. <laughs> They're like, what the, what the fuck? What the fuck? What? what? Um, yeah, so there you go. That's where we're at. Happy July 4th, everyone. Be safe. We will catch you all next week. Uh, we'll get the show up. I'll try and get the show up Sunday night, right? It looks like I'm going to be again without Bruce and Scott. Like, what the hell? 
I'll, I'm going to have to uh, maybe do more converse, phone conversations. Uh, anyway, this is, uh, this is an interesting podcast already, ladies and gentlemen. All right, well, have fun. We'll talk to you guys later. I think that's all I had to say. And you're thinking, yeah, shut up. Um, yeah, all right. To uh, all you out there, be safe. And we will catch you all later. Let's uh, start this one off with Mr. Rob Harris. And then we'll finish with Robbie Garland and listen for the um, uh, competition winner who I will announce somewhere in this podcast. Yeah, that's annoying. (laughs) All right, good luck. And if you haven't entered, enter the competition. And this week's winner is announced here somewhere. All right, have a good week. Be safe. Thank you. I think they he recorded that on a... They sent that song into... I think it was a radio station. Right. That was the demo song on the cassette. And that... I think they end up using the demo track. Okay. That's great. Right? That's great. Fuck, I listen to my first songs and go... Uh. Well, I've got to say, though, Walk of Life... Not yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah, Walk of Life. The, Not there, so was much. Some, there was some doozies. You know, Walk of Life isn't. I hear that and I cringe now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, so you were a U2 fan? I was U2. All, all those bands, yeah. you know, yeah. U2 and uh, Tears for Fears. Oh, and <laughs> Such great, great bands. Great bands. Yeah. I mean, I, I, see, this mm. is good for me because <laughs> I can't even talk to about right. those bands of Bruce and Scott because they just they're in another fucking stratosphere you know it's like talking right. to Martians like, right. they don't they don't get it which I I get and I respect mm. but I feel like, oh man you're missing out on some fucking but cool shit but there are I mean Bruce and Scott are both true artists they're, themselves I I still kick myself that I'm sitting here with Bruce Foreman and Scott Henderson right. and, and I'm sort of talking with them so I so I I knew I mean I hope Bruce doesn't get upset. <laughs> Please don't get upset, Bruce. He never listens. Because I listen to you a lot now, but I, I I hadn't heard of Bruce before right. hearing the podcast. Yeah. I, I will say this. I was watching a movie with my, with my girlfriend last year sometime, and the guitar playing on the soundtrack was incredible. And I went, oh, man, that guitar sounds great. And at the end, the credits rolled down, and it was Bruce. It oh was no a, it way! Was a, it was a Clint Eastwood-made film called *The Afterlife*. Oh yes, yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's wow. It was beautiful, beautiful I, I guitar think I've playing. Seen that movie. I'm gonna see it, but 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 Scott Henderson. So my guitar teacher, um, Colin, introduced me to Tribal Tech. Yeah. And I had a cassette of Tribal Tech that I pl- <laughs> completely rinsed to right. death. Um, I'm not sure what album it was, but. Um, and then I went to see, I was probably like 19, 20. I went to see at the British, the London Guitar Institute. Yeah. I, I saw a clinic that Scott did and he was just incredible. He's... Incredible. They, the both of them, and they're, the, the, that's mm. what, that's so cool, I think for me and all you guys listeners and that, it's like, they are so fucking different. Yeah. Like, you couldn't get any more different. Yeah, yeah. You know, the amount of arguments I've, I've had to stop in here sometimes, this is like, <laughs> they're, they're hilarious. But, yeah. I mean, Scott is, he's a fucking monster, man. He's yeah. such a monster player. Yeah. And then on the other spectrum, Bruce is just, 
I, I watch Bruce constantly and I understand what he's doing now. I can, mm. but it's just the thought process and how quickly these guys are thinking and what they're doing is just like, wow. But they are, I mean, just hearing them talking about, you know, Scott with his writing process and the amount he practiced, the amount of time he practices to, and he's 60, to play the stuff. 63. Right. Uh, but then Bruce also, how he talks about the songs that he's playing and how you should, you should know it in every key and start with a melody and, you know, why are you even playing it if you don't, even, if you don't know what the lyrics are? That's right. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with it. And listening to, to you three discussing that stuff yeah. has actually given me a bit of a kick up the arse. Oh, I, cool. I must say, it's really kind of invigorated me um, to get back into... Because I'm a jobbing guitarist. You know, yeah, I play yeah. on people's records. I tour. Yeah. I do gigs. But it's made me kind of listen a lot more. Um, yep. You know, life kind of does take over sometimes, yeah, right. even though it can't just be all about guitar. So, yep. but it's really sort of been inspirational to listen That's to so every, awesome you to guys hear, discussing it. And I'm going, okay, yep. you know, it, and I started to listen to more things. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about you. I know, you know, I know you produce. That can take you away from thinking about guitar. I, oh yeah. I produced a couple of albums yep. where. The last thing I thought about was the guitar. Right. So I'm you working on the, the vocal, picture. getting the drums right, you know. The guitar and is, yeah, okay, I'll just throw that down. And yeah. Everyone goes, oh, that sounds great. Okay, great. Yeah. Do you <laughs> find that as well? Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like, yeah, like you said, life gets in the way and other stuff yeah. is happening. And you, you know, yeah. where I keep, I get a little, I guess, nostalgic or jealous of the kid I used to be when I had 11, 12 hours a day to, to practice yeah. you know, and do. And I hear what Scott and Bruce are doing and kind of the, if you don't set yourself up as a young player mm. to be that good mm. or to get yourself into a situation where you can uh, continue doing that, yeah, life steps in. Yes. Yeah, and I know it probably has with these guys too. Yeah. At some point, I know Scott said, "Well, you know, I had a kid mm -hmm. that become number one." You know. Yeah. And you've got how many kids? I've you got? got two kids. Two yeah, kids. Two so kids. you you get it as well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And um. Yeah. But I do get jealous. It's like, oh man, if I had, because some days I'm sure the same. You pick up the guitar. I usually wake up, deal with the baby, coffee, mm. TV, and guitar. Yeah. And I'll get in those modes where he's like, man, I could do another eight hours on this. I yeah. don't want to put it down, but i got to go do other, whatever. Other else. stuff, yeah. 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 And it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I've got a new... So I moved house earlier this year. Right. And uh, I, I had a studio, not as amazing as this one. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> um, in, my, in my, you know, where I used to live. Yeah. And... I kind of had to, I lost it and it, all my gear had to go into storage. I now have all my stuff back and I have just been going into my room and do not disturb <laughs> and just sitting and playing, not actually playing, not, not for any purpose other right. than to just sit and play, play. Yep. and just get used to playing all day and writing, writing things. And, and, uh, it's been really good for me actually yep. to, Rather than going in just to work and do sessions, I do quite a lot of remote sessions. 
when I'm not doing it, when I wasn't doing a session, I would just pick up the guitar and noodle for 20 minutes right. and put it down and just get on with the rest of the day. Yeah. But I've been making myself go in and sit with my amp yeah. and my guitar and play. Is not, it specific stuff or is it just whatever comes out? Whatever comes out. Yeah. I'm just yeah. noodling, just getting kind of back to what I did when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, just play. I used to play all day long. I used yeah. to sleep with the thing and <laughs> take it into the toilet with me. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I still take it in the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds better. It sounds better than what noises I make in there anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that's what I think... And I have, actually, this very thing is the thing that's invigorated me a bit. I'm not just blowing smoke, but yeah. it's made, made me go, okay, I'm a guitar player. Yeah. I did want to be, I was producing a bit, and I don't think I was cut out for it. It just right. was, it was just too much, you know, just too many, spinning too many plates. Yeah. yeah. I can still produce things and put tracks together, but yeah. I just, guitar took a back seat for a while. Right. Even as much as I love it, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. How now? How going mm. back to before the Jamiroquai gig? How did that all come about? And how did? Um, I was working on an album with a with an artist, and I was staying at his house, and we were, we were recording, and I got a call saying that Jamiroquai were auditioning for guitar players. So now Jamiroquai is yeah. big, right? Yeah. Big was that, band. Was that the height? It was. It they was in ninety nine. Ninety nine. So they, you know, the band started. The first album came out in ninety three. Right. And they did four albums before I joined. With had they? Which was they, the album that broke them? Uh, they in the UK they broke on the first album. Oh wow! They were. They were. It was an album oh, called so Emergency. They were, yeah, they no, were pretty what, big. What about worldwide? I think that was the third album. Right, okay. So um, there was an album called Travelling Without Moving, mm -hmm. which had yes. yeah. the biggest hits on. Yeah. Um, but it's a player's, it's a player's band. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a music, musician's band. Yeah, it's not a pop thing. It's not, it's kind of shifted into pop. Right. But you had to be able to play, to play in the band. And it was kind of, it's funk, but sort of quite rude jazz elements in it. Right, yeah, yeah. Jazz where people aren't, it's, it's not like they have a, a massive jazz. Toby Smith, who was the original keyboard player, who sadly passed away last year. Oh, right. Um, he had great voicings. He was a great writer, but he had no idea what he was doing. Right. You'd ask him what he's chord what, what's that chord I don't I don't know I don't know <laughs> so they would throw all this stuff down it was a studio band you know yeah. they, they'd play live in the studio was it, it more on the acid jazz yeah kind of? acid jazz yeah. which was a term yeah you know, I don't even know what that means some really. <laughs> very very lovely A&R man probably gave <laughs> that term what can we call this oh acid, acid jazz, jazz. <laughs> but it was a scene in in, in the UK yep there was a few bands that came out of it. But it's kind of funk stuff. Yeah. You know, influenced by Roy Ayers and early Stevie stuff. And, yep. you know, um, so I got a call 
from someone saying, you know, they're looking for a guitar player, do you want to audition? And I was like, yes, definitely. Then I had nerves <laughs> and thought, actually, I don't know if I could take the rejection if I didn't get it. Right. So I kind of talked myself out of auditioning. Oh, wow. And then talked myself back into auditioning <laughs> again because I just knew it was the right gig for me. Yeah. I'd be suited to it because I, I grew up listening mm. to funk music and, and um, mm. yeah, I just learned. They had four albums out, I think, but yeah, it was four albums by that time. I had just learned every song. Wow. They only told me to learn four, yeah. but I learned every song off Damn. just in case they right. they changed or wanted more in the audition, yeah. which actually did happen. They'd forgotten what four songs they'd asked <laughs> all the guitarists to learn. And um, Was that a cattle call? There were, a, yeah, there was probably about 30 people wow. went for it. Yeah. And um, that got narrowed down to myself and another guy. Now, hold it, the day of the audition, yeah. I'm always curious about this because uh, we all have those audition <laughs> stories and stuff, but that always, mm. I don't know, auditions, they are hard because you never yeah. know what's going to happen and how things are going to work out. Was it Was it the band there? Or? Yeah, it was the band there. Uh, it was at JK's studio. Oh, okay. He's got his own studio. It was Jay there? He was there, but he was floating around. He didn't come in the room. Right, okay. And I've since learnt this, that was his method. He stays out of the room, everything's mic'd up, it's like you're doing a session, so they're recording it all. Right. And he would drift, sort of float around in the outside room, and I'd be, you'd be in with the drummer and the bass player and the keyboard player and the percussionist. And uh, if he liked what he heard, he'd come in the room and then start throwing ideas at you, just singing you lines. Oh, wow, really? And, yep. you know, oh we don't do this version of the song anymore we do this now yep. and just basically putting you on the spot and throwing things at you and seeing how you cope with it and uh, luckily or whatever happened I seemed to do okay Yeah. and he also wanted to take the band in a more guitar heavy area oh, okay. you know yeah the last guy um <coughs> who was in the band was great um but he wanted a few more solos and um i started you know he'd, he'd asked me to solo and he obviously liked what i did yeah and um yeah i got the gig wow. after now, after the second audition i got the, the gig now what, what was what were you turning up gear wise for for an audition like that? Do you remember? Uh, they had an amp for me there. Okay. Um, I just took a pedal board and yeah. plugged into whatever was there. Actually, I think it was like a one of those rack mount Marshall JMP. Oh, JMP one. It was the, the the previous guy's touring rig. Wow. I just played through that. Yeah. Um, I do remember my Wah Wah pedal died, and and this is on the second audition. And I had to borrow a wah-wah off the other guy that was waiting. <laughs> and, um, that yeah. guy's kicking himself now. Yeah, and he's a, I mean, he's a great guitar player <laughs> yeah. he, he, as well. But yeah, luckily I, just, I got the gig and wow. then kind of didn't hear from them for a while. And then I was told that, oh yeah, we'll just use you on a few gigs. Oh, okay. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. And then... I got invited up to, to the studio to probably just to try me out because they were just at the start of a new album cycle. Yeah. And ended up staying there 
over, you know, for a couple of days and ended up co-writing three or four songs wow. in that period. Now, and, before, before you got this gig, mm. was you'd had some success? I toured with a few artists, so I toured with uh, the Pasadenas, uh, Gary Newman, mm-hmm. and I was, I don't know whether you've heard of a band called Take That. You oh, know, take that. Head. You know, take you that. You would take that. No, well, when they split up, oh, okay. I ended up touring with one of the guys from Take That oh, okay, for a yeah. while, and yeah. uh, that's I was at, at his house making his. He was doing a solo album, so I was writing with him. And yeah. when I got the call for the Jamiroquai gig, wow! And uh, it, and also doing like function, yeah, corporate and function gigs, doing you know, everything. Top I mean, forty. What a f- great phone call! Yeah. Nerve-wracking, though, because yeah. I, you kind of go, well, I live in a small village, and <laughs> yeah, they're never going to pick me. I'm, yep. you know, I'm, I, and I just wasn't cool. I just didn't feel cool in any way, and <laughs> you know, they're I all love it, man. And I, yeah, I got the gig, and uh, yeah, ended up making that album, which took about a year. Wow! And then just went on the road. And was it enough to sustain life? well yeah it's not you kind of I got into debt making that album actually I was there about a year and a half going backwards and forwards to the studio devoting a lot of my time to it and uh, kind of I got into a bit of debt right (laughs) but then the tour comes in and then and then you get your sort of you know so to get You're writing credits. Writing royalties <coughs> and stuff, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, man. More wine? <coughs> <coughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Um, wow, that's so yeah. cool. And obviously, uh, probably a big part of it too was uh, um, The Hang. Yeah. Right? Yeah, The Hang. Um, being... Yeah, we do long studio sessions. Right. So you get there at sort of 11 in the morning and you're there till 4. Wow. The next morning. Yeah, yeah. And then go home and then do it again, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And learning, reading, you know, reading the room, kind of looking around and what, do I suggest something here? Or, yeah. Or do I Yeah, for a new guy or, and mm. getting to write. Yeah. How, I mean, I can't even understand how that, has happened because usually in a successful group like that they're yeah. very protective Absolutely. and writing is like everyone knows well if i can get a track in there or start writing i'm yeah. possibly going to make some good I money i kind of didn't know that was happening i didn't go into the room thinking oh i'm gonna right. write I, I had no idea and so it was all about the music it was just hanging out yeah and and i play something and and he jay jay is the guy he writes all the lyrics all the melodies and he's, he, he needs facilitators. He needs someone who can g- take, you know, accompany what he wants. Yeah. Or he can sing you a riff and you can spit it back at him right. quickly. Yeah. So. Um, is he, uh, I mean, I don't know much about, about Jay, but is he musically trained in that or is he just one of these cats who just gifted? Has, uh, he's gifted. He he doesn't play any instruments, but he knows what instruments do. Yeah. He knows what he wants from each thing. And one thing I've learned 
from him, he, he's a, he is a left turner. So whenever something is going the way you think it should go, mm -hmm. he'll go, yeah, no, it's a bit too easy, a bit too comfortable. Wow. And he'll just take a sharp left turn yep. and change it up. And then you go, oh. At first you, you're thinking, this is just too weird. But, but you just get used to it. Yeah. And then it might come back to, to something that you're kind of going, oh, I, but he's taking the risk and taking you off some, probably it, it's how I imagine something like Bowie works. And, right. you know, they're just looking for something that's not conventional yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. If it sounds too safe, he gets bored. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. So you're, but that's what you're learning. You're going, okay, well, don't just, so you don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. <laughs> Anything can happen. Yeah. You know, and, I, and, and I've gone from coming up with quite, you know, normal guitar parts on tracks. I'm always looking for signature parts, mm. you yep. know, probably from growing up listening to like Jackson albums. and Yeah. Um, but I've learned to not let him get bored. So... If you can sense the room is like, oh, yeah, it's a bit standard, you then start doing some different stuff that... Will even inspire. If it, will inspire. Even if it doesn't end up on the final track, it pushes the the process to the next level. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that could mean detuning the guitar completely and just making some weird, crazy noises yeah, yeah. that make him go, yeah, that's it, that's great. Yeah. And then coming back to a more standard thing. Yeah. But it is reading the room, you know. Wow. So is the dynamic in the band, is it are you, like you, <coughs> I mean, I guess after all that time, do you, you guys work together and mm. pretty much say goodbye and that's it? Or do you guys hang or? Well, well we, you know, we all, you know, when I joined the band, half the band didn't have kids and we right. all used to hang out and go out, you yeah. know, and meet up in town and, and on tour, now we're all sort of <laughs> kids, kids family. and divorces and yeah. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, it's 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 different now. We're sort of, you know, we we speak to each other, but not we yeah. don't live in each other's pockets like yeah. we used to. Yeah, and Jay's a massive car guy, isn't he? Massive car guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have I have no idea what any of them do. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Uh, I like an old Mercedes. Right, that's my thing. But um, well, when because you, mm. you guys have downtime too, so mm. is it? I'm trying to work out how a band like this works nowadays. <clears throat> Do you guys a salary, a retainer, or is it just when you it's, called, you called? When we called, we called. There's right. no, you know, retainers don't very, very, very rare. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I, I only know a couple of guys that have been on retainers who are on a retainer now. Yeah. Um, with a with a certain band, it's very rare. I mean, I'm fortunate that I've written a few songs with Jamiroquai and with some other artists. So I, you know, there's some income that comes in from that. Yeah. Yeah. But when we're not working, we're you're, working. Right. You're hustling. <laughs> we're doing other stuff. You're doing stuff. You know. Be that gigs or sessions. Yeah, we all work with other people, yeah. and you know, we, as you know, it's, it's constant. It's constant. You, yeah, you know, it's not. That's where the that's, 
you know, when I go around and do clinics and talks, people ask that question, you know, young guitar players ask that question. <clears throat> and my feeling is you shouldn't expect that this is going to make you rich. <laughs> yeah. So you better love it. Yeah. Because I would do this anyway, yeah. you know. And I'm sure yeah, there's really no choice, is there? There's it? no it's choice. Just... You've got to do it. But there's ways to make money, you yeah. know, doing other things, teaching, doing top 40 gigs, doing sessions for people. Yeah. You just take... Obviously, you want to be playing good music. Yeah. That's the thing, yeah. but do your own music as yeah, well. Exactly. You yeah, exactly. I, I imagine... I mean, being the guitarist for Jamiroqu or in Jamiroquai... Um, that that's a lot of clout yeah that i would imagine that opens doors yeah right? that it, helps a lot yeah it does yeah it does i get i mean i do quite a, a lot of remote stuff you know i have a studio like a lot of, a lot of people do um but but actually a lot of the time it's not they don't want you to play that style right they want you for something else but i think it's just the confidence they go okay this guy's done these He's records pro, yeah. he can deliver and but that's up, great right because yeah. you wouldn't want to be pigeonholed well no. oh god i want this cool rock stuff on there but he's a funk guy we don't want him yeah right that yeah. doesn't happen it, i mean you, you for the get, most part you get to work with producers that get to know what you can do yeah and they they producing something there's a lot of pre pressure on a producer yeah, yeah they've got to get it right for the the label or the artist so they want a safe pair of hands yeah. and you know they'll kind of I actually I've kind of realized that the less I do the more successful I am <laughs> the less I give them no I don't mean in the yeah, amount but of you stuff. don't overplay and I don't ever I I wouldn't know how to overplay right. these days yeah, yeah yeah it's just playing for whatever the song is maybe give you know if I'm doing a remote thing I'll give them what I think it should be what they might want extra, yeah, you know, and you never know what how till you hear it released, yeah, you don't know yeah. what it's going to end up with, yeah, as. right. But now, um, I mean, is there a gig that stands out? I've seen I mean, <coughs> you guys have played some monster gigs, we have, yeah. Is there one gig that stands out where you're just like, fuck yeah, this is so cool? <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, there's pretty many, right? That we've done. I've been so lucky. Yeah, I'm such a lucky guy doing this gig. No, but being a guitar player, I'm as yeah. Um, Rock in Rio, supporting Stevie Wonder. Fuck, really? Yeah, that was pretty. How many cool. people? One hundred and ten thousand. <laughs> yeah. Damn. And it was really good. Stevie that night was just amazing. Did he jump in with you guys? No, 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 no. no. Um, unfortunately, not. Right. And then another one I, I highlight was playing on the steps of the Sydney Opera House. Oh, you guys did. Yeah, that wow. was great. That was back in two thousand and two. Yeah, I believe. We Damn. loved playing down there. It was yep. great playing in Australia. I'd never been to Australia before. Um, we had an album called Funk Odyssey. Yeah. It was. It seemed to quite popular in Australia I, I remember when I remember when Jamiroquai hit I think I was at band rehearsal with a, we're in a band yeah um, it was called Exhibit A we played kind of heavy hard rock okay and right. we had a new drummer Anthony I think it was and he brought in the album 
It's like, you got to check this shit out. Okay. And, you know, he was really into that kind of stuff. And I mm-hmm. just remember hearing it and going, oh, this is... Terrible. <laughs> no, that was more of the shit, the, more of the stuff that I was probably more into. I wasn't... I loved the hard rock and stuff, but we yeah. were playing gigs and there was no chicks. I wasn't getting laid at these gigs because there was all guys at these gigs and I got mad in the end. I was like, dude, I play guitar trying to get laid. Trying to get... Yeah. And this okay. is the music that's going to do it, you know. Right. I kind of figured I, yeah. I need to start a... Actually, I think we even tried to start a band to do that type of stuff. To do that stuff, kind you know? of thing, yeah. Well, dance... You know, yeah, people right. like to dance. Exactly. Chicks but like I joined dance. the band. So when I joined the band, it, the album that I played on was kind of, they just really like, you know, they're like, we need to do a computer record. You know, we need to do a lot. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, man. I just want to get in a band in a room and play with some funky p- people. And, oh, and they're, so, going, like, they're pulling instruments away. Yeah. So I, I played on this, this album called Funk Odyssey and, at the time, when I when I got the call to do it, yep. I was working on this album with the guy from Take That, and I was working with a, a, a Trevor Horn-like producer who right. completely knocked my confidence in that he had me playing the same things for days oh, wow. on end. Yep. Like I, There was one song, he had me in the studio for like a five-hour session playing <laughs> three chords to a click track, Oh, on acoustic guitar. Oh, fuck. And it was just click and me. Yep. And my confidence was completely shattered because I wasn't doing anything wrong. Right. It just was he was looking at the waveforms going, oh, oh, it's not quite right. Look oh, at it fuck. on the grid. It's not. I'm like, oh, no. For fuck's sake. <laughs> so I then went from that to going into the studio with Jamiroquai and them saying, oh, we've got this track. And they're playing me the track and I'm tuning up. And I had a DI Telecaster, a thin line telly, just DI'd into a, a like a focus right, yep. straight into logic. And I was just tuning up and jamming around in the track, played on it, and they went, Thanks, we got it, great. Thanks. <laughs> I was like, What? Was it, no, no, can I do it again? Oh, we're gonna mic this up, aren't we? And no, 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 it sounds great, great. Right, oh, next wow. track. <laughs> Like, okay. And that was stuff that ended up being on the record. Wow. So I I was, at the time, the music scene was, you know, they were, a lot of tracks in the UK had snippets, samples, like it would be a Nile Rodgers sample on yep. a pop track. Yeah. So I was, my brain thought, I need to play parts that sound like they've been taken from something else. Wow, yeah. So I was thinking in that frame of mind, just small snippets of parts that um, would be a hook yep. for the track. So I wasn't layering up loads of guitar sounds and playing the chordal information. I was playing picky parts, yep. small little motifs. Signature parts. Signature and, yeah. parts. So that's been mostly my job in this band, yep. is coming up with answers to the vocal or... Do you have some? Do you have one that stands out? You're like, oh man, this! I just love that I nailed this, <laughs> and it stands out. Um, Is there any track that you that comes to mind? Where you're just like, oh fuck, I killed this! I love it. There's a song. <laughs> there's a song called Love Philosophy where I played um, just a very small, rolling sort of sixteenthy sort of funk thing. Yep. With a really sh- well, I actually the the tone was just shitty. <laughs> I had a pod, <laughs> right, with a with a half cocked wah, yep, 
And that's the intro to the song. And it's like whenever we play it night after night, as soon as you play it, everyone goes, <laughs> they all know what it is. It's just the <laughs> simplest awesome, thing. Right? It's just that's the simplest so thing. Cool. Wow. But how has uh, your gear over yeah. the years changed? I'm really curious to see. <laughs> <laughs> or do I not? Really? So, uh, <laughs> it's like, I, it's so it's, you know, refrigerators of rack I, gear. And when I started <laughs> off in the band, I had a, I've got an old 1970s 50 watt Marshall. Mm-hmm. I had a 50 watt Marshall lead head, yep. which I've still got, which I love, and a Fender Twin for clean. So right. I used to switch between them. Okay. And I went through the more the band. So I, when I joined, I went straight on to in ears, which I even back then detest. Oh yeah, yeah I hate them. Too. I detest. Yeah, horrible for a guitar player. They're horrible, but they're nowadays they're a necessity. Yeah. yeah. So the quieter the band gets, <laughs> so we all you the whole band now uses in ears apart from Jay. Yeah. He has wedges. Oh, he really he uses wedges. Now, is he having music through his wedges? He listens to us backline really. Right. So it's quite troublesome for us. So. What then happens is he's competing with the front of house PA and he likes us to be really quiet on oh. stage. So the drummer's got the screen around him. and So you feel very separated. Yeah. yeah. So I, I went through having a Marshall and a Fender Twin. Then I had a couple of Boogie Lone Star things. Um, then my... On stage volume was getting lower and lower, lower and lower to the point where I had this little nine watt divided by 13, which I also love. Yep, but he would be walking up on the gig and turning the amp down. Oh, so oh, that's it's, that's how it's hard. So your yep. amp's being starved, you, yep. you're not getting any tone out of it. Um, so I bit the bullet and kempered. Oh, Kemper, yeah. yeah. Which has saved saved the gig, really. It's been great. It's been great. It For that type of gig, where you're on in-ears, yeah. I've heard you guys discussing this yeah, before, yeah. you know, and I totally get it when, you know, people go, oh, I can't stand it, and, you know, but for the, the gig to continue, and it's been perfect for me. Yeah. I would, of course, much rather have my amps there and, you know. Yeah. All but it's up. got nothing to do with what you want. No, <laughs> no. Right? And the front of house guy loves it. Yep. Monitor guy loves it. The rest of the band go, yeah, it sounds great. And it, it just allows you to play unhindered un- by anyone else. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it sounds better in your ears. Yeah, I would imagine it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, the whole of the last Jamiroquai album, apart from one track I did with... The Kemper, yeah, because it just meant I could do it quicker, get the sound, you know, jump from track to track quicker. We, we did, we recorded, and we had a great engineer called Josh Blair, who's also an Aussie, actually. Oh, is he? He's an Aussie. Okay, yeah. He he's worked with Mark Ronson and yep. Bruno Mars, and he's really good. And we went to a studio in London called Air, and I had three amps, three different rooms three mics on each amp and we spent hours getting a guitar tone together oh wow and he, what were the amps it was a divided by th- it was a, a divided by 13 
I've got an old Princeton Reverb, yeah. and I think I had like a Deville mm -hmm. as well. He just wanted to get, let's cover all the bases, yeah, you know. Yeah. And about two weeks later, we we were in a different studio, and we were stood there, and Josh went, "Oh man, that that oh that guitar sounds great," and I went, "That's the Kemper," <laughs> and he was he went he was just gutted. Wow. He was like, "Wow, really?" I said, yeah. "Yeah, it's the Kemper," and that gave me a bit more confidence. Yeah. Jay likes to work really fast. There's no time to be fucking dicking around, around with yeah. amps yeah. and. He wants you to, he wants, come on, I need ideas. Yeah. So the Kemper just means you can adjust things really quickly. I get it, man. I, get, I totally get that. And that, those, I mean, the Kemper mm. and the, now you went the Kemper, not the Frac, Fractor. I tried the Fractor. I didn't, yeah. it was just like painting a house through a letterbox. I yeah. just didn't, it just too many things of yeah. like, I don't want to, I'd rather just twist something and change, change yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it just works for that period, it yeah. was great. Did the whole album on it. Most of the session, up until recently, I'd say for the last two or three years, I've used Kemper on 95% of the wow. stuff I've done. Because yep. the, the producers I work for, they want it so fast. Yeah, They want it quick and fast, yeah. and they don't want to know how you're doing it. They, they just they want it delivered. But I actually got one. I I got the ox recently. We we were talking about this online together. Yeah. With, and your thoughts? I love it because it means I can get my amps out again. Yeah. And uh, I would I would still rather have mics in front of cabs and stuff, but it's just not not feasible. Feasible. Yeah. Where I live. Is it? It's a game changer, right? <laughs> <coughs> yes, <coughs> I think so. I th I've, I'm blown away with it, how good it is. Yeah, and UA stuff, I trust it. I've used it for yeah, years. Yeah. And it's only going to get better. Yeah, right? Yeah, I think it's going to get better. But, you know, just having the... It's, it's not a room. No. You know, you're not, you're not moving a mic in a room. But... Who would when, know? Who would know? <laughs> and when you send it off to be mixed by some super-duper mix engineer... Who is going to change all the kick drums no. and all the snare drums to their samples and, you know, squash the hell out of everything you've played? Yeah. What I see it as is it is a way for me to get inspired to, to get the parts down quicker. Yeah, yeah. Not, I, I, of course, I'd much rather have my amp mic'd up and spend the time to do it. And I've done done that yeah yeah but when the guy's like right i need this track done I, I work there's a producer a writer that i work for here and i'm sitting there on a saturday night and he's like i need some guitar he, he lives in la <coughs> um, right and i need some guitar done tonight can you can you get it done you just go yeah straight away yeah i'll do it sends it over you you do the parts send it back he doesn't ask how you've done it <laughs> you know yeah and then you hear it. It, it. I did the Lego Batman movie. Oh, you I played did? on the Lego Batman movie. Wow, I worked on that on the trailer end. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was some stuff that, that I think they'd had. He'd done it, and they had Chad Smith do some drums on it. Yep. And I think he he just wanted the guitars to be a bit heavier, so I did it. Sat 
the kids are watching the TV. <laughs> I was living in, in a different, I, I was living in this log cabin and uh, I had just my little rig there. I shouldn't be saying this, he'd probably be pissed <laughs> off if he hears it. But they don't ask, right. you know. They don't. As long as it sounds okay to them. If you're doing a Nora Jones record where you, you, you've got a, you know, everything's organically recorded. I, I don't like that word, but yeah. you'd have your old stuff out yeah. and, you know, room miking and all that kind of stuff. But things seem to move a lot quicker at the moment. Yeah, yeah. There probably be, will be a time where it all slows down and people can take their time. More organic again. But, I, I mean, before I got the Oxbox, um, I had the um, the Sir Reactive Load okay. that Scott put me onto when he talked about that. I was like, oh, I've got to have it. I went out and bought it. <clears throat> and How did you get on with it? Because he swears by it. Oh, it's he? it's awesome. It's another great unit, yeah. but it's a little fidgety because you got to get on the computer and you got to pick your things. And and I'm sure Scott. I mean, that's a different ball game. He's he's got it down. He's living in that world or. The, where I'm jumping around doing 10 other things and I yeah. need something, like you said, you need something quick. Quick. And I haven't got time to dick around with the mm. IRs and all that bullshit. I'm like, fuck, I just need a good guitar sound. Yeah. And when I mic stuff, it's always hit and miss. It's like, yeah. one day I've got a great tone. Oh my God, I'll just repeat this and the next time it I doesn't. do that. It doesn't sound like that. What, the, what am I doing wrong? Because it's reacting to something different. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're working and I know this is a different world to the world that Scott and Bruce live in. Yeah. You're reacting to samples yeah. and oh, synths and yeah. and the 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 land, the sonic landscape is changing, changing all the time. Changing all the time, yeah. Yeah. I'd plug into a can of baked beans if it worked on a track. I I actually Yeah. You're right. You've got to just use whatever tool gets the, the part yeah. down. I've I've done we've done trailer stuff where yeah. I've had to do heavy guitar <laughs> and I pull out my monster heavy guitar amplifier and mic up a cab and yeah. cover it all up and try and record it as loud as possible mm. and and it sounds great mm. and then I go to put it in the track and I'm like this ain't working and then I pull up something out of guitar rig and within seconds, it just sits Instantly. in the track perfect. I'm yeah. like, oh, that just goes against everything yeah. <laughs> I'm well, all about. It's, one, you're it's ones and zeros you're yeah. dealing with. Yeah. It's not... But it, one thing I have discovered recently yeah. is I've started listening to a bit of vinyl. Right. And I've got, you know, moving to a new house, my girlfriend and I got this lovely new system. Yep. And listening to those records made in that way on tape where everything's mic'd up it does sound, sound. different yeah it, I, I was shocked because i'd forgotten it was so yeah. long ago that i actually spent the time to do that you do get carried away with listening to digital versions of things yeah so i understand when scott goes oh piece of, you know, yeah. that piece of shit it's yeah. terrible i get it because he is he's in that world he's in his world yeah and yeah. It, that's a great world to be in, oh, you know? Yeah, I mean, and also they're doing guitar driven. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's all about the guitar, you know? Yeah. What Bruce and Scott do. <coughs> i got to say, the Oxbox, since I've had it, I've played more through my amplifiers than yeah, I ever have. Exactly. Um, and I'm loving it. I'm actually getting to hear these amps really yeah. loud and hear what they do. Yeah. 
and I was I'm blown away and like you said Universal Audio do great stuff already and Scott <laughs> mm. and I know this is going to happen Scott's be on the show he'll be back next week and right. we'll do a show and he's going to look at that and fucking go off on me did he try He because I, I don't think <clears throat> I heard the episode where he tried well, uh, it to be honest and I'll share this with you and the listeners <laughs> I pulled uh, a rant from Scott <clears throat> from the show I didn't let it go out okay because Scott went off so hard on me I think I asked the question so what we it was just after Nam, and mm-hmm. I said hey so what did you think of the Oxbox did mm-hmm. you check it out and <laughs> me and Bruce Really, we just looked at each other. I was like, man, did I just open up a can of worms? Because really? he just went ballistic. It was like, <coughs> like I was endorsed by Universal or something. He just went off on okay. me and the Oxbox. What a piece of shit, blah, blah. And right. I couldn't let it go to air because I knew Scott hadn't done... He hadn't played one and right. he hadn't done his background. And I know he was just in the moment and just going off. Yeah. But I, after having this box, it's it's fucking awesome. And I talked to the guy that designed it. Mm-hmm. He spent three years. I talked to him at NAMM. And we're going to have, <coughs> hopefully have him on the show. But okay. Scott was dogging on, oh, they've only got 17 cabs. Well, it's Universal Audio. You know they're going to come gonna out with an update with more, where yeah, there's going to be yeah. 36 cabs. or it'll, yeah. it'll continue to get better and better and better. Yeah. I fucking love it. I just absolutely it, love well, it. Well, I'm the same as you. Since I got it, I haven't, well, sorry, Kemper, but <laughs> I haven't turned my Kemper on in the studio. Well, there you go. I've been using all my old amps. Yep. I've been getting pedals in front of them. Yep. And I've been getting off on, oh, I can crank this up. And it does feel different. It, it's the feel yeah. that I love. That's, that's the, the thing. It does feels something like, yep. and you're playing and it's so dynamic. Yeah. But it's just a tool. They're just tools. Yeah, it's just another tool. Yeah. It makes me want to buy more heads. Yeah, well, we had this Yeah, discussion. we talked about that. And I think <coughs> if you're an amp builder, you got to be loving the Xbox too. Because yeah. there for a second, tube amps were looking like they were on the way out. But yeah. to me, this is bringing them back. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> it's, it's a great piece of kit. And yeah. Another tool. Another tool. But, it, you know, if I had the money, I would have a Fractal and a Kempler here and all the other... A, a line six i'd have all that just uh-huh. because they all they're all different and they all add something they're cool just it's just, just a, a tool, tool. yeah just a tool to get if you're working in that you know i know so what i was saying about how sort of things are coming back to life for guitar player yeah guitar players i think it is down to people like yourselves tim pierce doing his his online yeah. you know, his youtube thing yeah. pete thorne uh, Sean Tubbs, they're really pushing the focus back onto uh, guitar players a bit. I love, I, you know, I don't watch TV anymore. I'm sat in my hotel room just watching, you know, I'm not watching porn. I'm watching guitar videos. You guitar know, porn. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love seeing what people are doing and how do they do this. And uh, it's it's scary when the talent out there that we're exposed to now you know yeah. like people playing guitar so differently and just yeah. so many amazing f- girl guitar players yeah. female guitar players yeah. and you're like wow yeah. i mean yeah it's really really cool and there's so much talent i feel like what's we, songwriting's going to become more important yes yeah it's going to become really important yeah. and like it sounds like you've always so, been a, a writer as well i I've done a lot of writing. Right. I've stopped, actually. I, I, I mean, 
I've been writing music a bit more now, but mm -hmm. not. I did a lot of songwriting. I sort of, uh, you know, I, I ended up with a publishing deal after I joined Jamiroquai, and they put me in with a load of artists. But it just was. Was that cool? Was that a great thing? It. <laughs> did they? Did, it's like, like salmon swimming upstream, because <laughs> you end up. <laughs> You forget what you're writing the song for. Right. I just, my heart just fell out of it. Yeah. I was just meeting people and going in and you know that they've worked with 50 other songwriters before they've met you. Yeah. The artists are burnt out. They're not writing about anything. They're just filling in the day mm -hmm. just in case they write a hit song. Yeah. And it just kind of, you, you just realise, actually, I'm not doing this for the right reason. Right. I'm writing because I'm trying to make money and just doesn't... Instead of just writing because it... Yeah. For the song. So now I'm writing... When I sit at home and I'm writing, I'm... My, 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 my son, I've got a son called Ollie, and he has said, Dad, you, you know, you should do your own album. And my girlfriend, Rachel, she's like, I really love hearing what you've written. So I've actually started to write... A bit more yep. guitar music, and um, I don't know what it's going to become, but I'm just doing it. I'm not doing it for any other reason that I just want to write. Do it, and I'm not recording any of it either. Oh wow! I'm not recording any of it until it's written. Right. Yeah. Because my tendency before was I get a little idea, I put it down, and then then I write it. Yeah. I kind of write after I've I've got a little nugget of an idea. Yeah. I'm trying not to record anything until I've written the whole piece. Oh wow! Now until until you have the whole song, and then do it the the way that I wanted to do it years ago. Of mm. right, getting in a room with a couple of guys and going, "This is how we're going to do this," yeah. and record it, and then record it. Right. Rather than do it in bits. Right. Now, do you sing as well? I do sing. Yeah. So you would have vocal tracks I'm as well? I'm not sure. Not sure I yet. work with too many good singers to <laughs> allow myself to sing. I, I, I do sing. I, I do BVs and stuff like that. Yeah. I love singing, but it's, uh, yeah, I kind of did it and then stopped. Yeah. Did a few gigs. Yeah. Really enjoyed it, but then my confidence went. It's, I can relate. You, so you, yeah, you, I you, sing as well, but okay. same sort of thing. Like, it's a love, it's always been a love-hate relationship with me i love it mm -hmm. but self-confidence wise it can it gets it, i get knocked really easily yeah and it's all my head shit it's all my own shit because you're a virgo yeah <laughs> right because you you <coughs> listen you know i don't know what you listen to who who do you listen well, to well i when i first started getting in bands and stuff and uh, back in australia i started out as a lead singer mm -hmm. but for fuck's sake the people I was listening to was Mr. Mister and Toto Mr. Mister. and Go West yeah. and all these phenomenal vocalists yeah. that I didn't, I couldn't even <laughs> get close to. I mean, fuck, I wish I had to come out when Nirvana come out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I had to come out when vocalists, you had to be a really, really great singer to cover yeah. those songs. Yeah. And I was always not there right. in my head. So, but I was measuring myself against yeah. these phenomenal singers. Yeah. Well, you don't have to be that. No. And, yeah, yeah I, I learnt that myself. Yeah. So I, uh, <clears throat> I I work with, you know, 
great singers. Yeah. And yeah. you kind of go, oh, I'm not going to open my mouth in front of you. <laughs> you can forget it. I'll just play. Yeah. Yep. I'll just play a little wah wah bit here and there. And but does he he make you sing, Jay? And no, I've never sung in in the band in this band. I've sung with other people. But you'd have to do BVs in. No, Jim no, no. We've got. Th- three amazing oh, okay. female backing vocalists. Right, right. Um, but, they, but they have actually been really encouraging with me. Yeah. And um, my girlfriend loves my voice. Oh, you know, awesome. I'd, I went, I did do a thing where I got up and did some acoustic sort of, I did a little acoustic trio. Yeah. And I'd sing some Bruce Springsteen songs and some Don Henley and my girlfriend's like, oh man, I love your, you, I love your voice, and I, I'm going, I sound terrible. <laughs> but they hear, I think people just hear a different thing. Yeah. You always hear, you hear the yourself worst. and go, oh, uh, yeah. Mind you, I don't, I hate to hear my guitar playing too. Yeah, I'm yeah. the same on all cat. Well, fucking try doing a podcast. I mean, God, I, <laughs> I'd have to edit the podcast and I'd hear myself talk, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I just hate my voice so much, you know. After a while, you're just like, well, fucking, that's what I got. Do you, do you edit got. a lot? Can I ask? Do no. you edit a lot? Do you <laughs> Clearly, it? I think it shows I do not edit that much yeah. at all. Honestly, We man. started off editing because we had another guy in Guitar Wang, Doug, that was, he was actually editing at the start. Right. And he would pull a lot of stuff out that I just, I always wanted Guitar Wang to be unedited mm. and just, we're hanging out and the rest of, whoever wants to hang out with us can, you know? Yeah. I didn't want to start editing Right. And Bruce and Scott were kind of, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. And slowly I kind of manipulated them because they don't even listen they to the show listen, now. Yeah. So, no, I kind of don't edit. I've started to edit my intros a little bit. Lo- your intros are great, though. And I can hear you kind of, you're kind of self-doubting. Going, I, oh, I should Constantly. Shut up and, and I listen back to them. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I, I don't know. Did I'm you do to- one where you sped it up? I did do that one because I just wanted to fuck with people. I will do one show where I'm just going to talk the whole time, but I think I might get drunk first and just talk the just, whole show. Oh, yeah. And, you know. Drunken podcast. Don't drunken podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is so strange for me sitting in this room. That's Because I, I listen to you guys religiously. I'm, not, I'm like that. a bit of a fanboy. <laughs> I'm not a nerd guy. Bruce and Scott, I'm sorry, but... You know, I do listen to your podcasts all that's, the time. Man, that's Walking so, the dog. When you told me. In the rain. <laughs> in shitty, <laughs> rainy, pissy England. <laughs> that's fuck it. You know, it's so hard for me to even get my head around that actually people, one, people listen. Mm. And two, people listen overseas. But I've got my, so other guitar playing buddies of mine. There's a guy called Matt Pryor who, who plays for an artist called, I don't know if you know, Bonnie Tyler. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, he's he on tour with her. So we call each other. Oh, did you hear the podcast? Yeah. No way. Honestly, yeah. Oh, fuck, that's There's that's a guy called so Stelios who uh, he listens as well. And But, yeah, there's a community of, work, you know, professional guitar players fucking, in the UK that listen to you guys. That. Well, so you're doing a great job, honestly. I, I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. <laughs> Burgers on the 
Get time.
it's funny, you, like <laughs> when you're in, in bands and then another band comes in and the band knows that you'll see people try and step it up. And, oh, yeah. And sometimes it's the worst thing you can do. Well, that can be a weird thing in LA. Yeah. And particularly for me, you know, because it's like sometimes those guys walk in that you've actually grown up listening to, you know, and it's like, right. Jesus, that's, you know, and you really got to get that out of your head because yeah. otherwise you forget it, you know. It's <laughs> have, you, have, yeah. have you had some pretty surreal moments throughout your yeah, career? Yeah, I, I have some actually. some players? Yeah, I have. Who, yeah. Well, what, well, the funny thing is like... Um, I, when I was at college, so, you know, or, or a bit before that, but a bit before that and then going into college, you know, like, the in, in the scene in England, musically, was what was on the radio pretty much, right? right. You know, like, whether it was Dran Dran or Level 42 or whatever, right? Um, uh, and, and I was obsessed with this, like, um, North Hollywood fusion, whatever you want to call it, scene. Like, I was really, really obsessed with it, like... Larry Carlton, Robin Ford, Yellow Jackets, Lukather, Ross Lobotomies, and every possible spin-off of those bands, you yep. know, like Charisma and all these other bands, right? And and so it, it was it was a thing for me, and I would buy bootlegs from Japan and all these. I, I had a huge collection of all these recordings and stuff. So like the baked potato and this whole scene out here was was like a shining thing for me, you know. Yeah. So it was even more of a of a trip when I came out here and met a few of those people and like. You know, like Larry Carlton's a true fire guy, so we got to hang out a little bit, and I met oh, Luke wow. and you know a bunch of these guys, yep. and and it it was very surreal for me. You know, it still is. Now, now even I, me, like when I met Scott, it was surreal for me because I've been listening to Scott since since you know early tribal tech and stuff. So it was it, the whole thing has been very strange. It's you it's know. weird for me because with Bruce and Scott, because we sit here and we do obviously guitar yeah. wank, yeah, and they've become mates. Exactly, yeah. I don't. I, I they're like different people to me. Course, but when yeah. I see him in with the guitar, like when I see Scott playing guitar, yeah. my mind's like, oh, fuck, he's that guy. Right, right. Oh, my God, he's so good. You know, and then I fall back into that, you know, he's one of my idols. Yeah. But then when we're chatting here, he's just fucking Scott. I and think he's crazy. It, in part, that's because he's he's so humble and, and self-appreciating. Yeah. Yeah. I think that helps in a way. <laughs> well, both, sometimes right? to a fault, right? Sometimes. Both of yeah. them are. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Bruce as well. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because they both are, but they both have massive egos too. Right, <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's interesting. It's, it's, it it really is interesting. Well, the, thing I, the thing that you can tell though about um, people like Scott and a, a bunch of those guys is, is it's funny because I play sometimes down at Alva's showroom in, yep. in St. Pedro, and um, I've been down there and seen Scott there a bunch of times. I really like that room to see bands because it's. it's a, have you been there? The, it, the sounds are made. I mean, it's, it's a been. really, really nice room. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so I've been down there a bunch of times to see him, and the, and the funny thing is, like, I'll be talking to him before he plays, like five minutes before he plays, just having a little chat, you know, and then. The second he he's up there, I'm sure you've seen this when you've seen him. You know, it does. It's it's from the first note. The intensity is there, and that's the thing that I think connects these all these great players. It doesn't not necessarily just guitar players, but all these great musicians. That intensity is there from the second they start, and I really admire that. You know, I really think that it's like a different persona. It is. Yeah, comes on yeah, right. Yeah, it yeah. is. And I know Scott's on this show. He's talked about that almost getting into character. Yeah, which I really yeah. makes sense. You know, he does. He's talked about that a lot. It's it's funny, man, because he's so Scott is so like down on himself a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he's 
To me, I was never a massive fan of Scott's fusion stuff. I wasn't a massive fan of fusion. I went through that. Sure. Where I listened to all that fusion stuff and was like, oh, man, I was really into it. And then I kind of got back more into songs and songwriting yeah, yeah, yeah. and that. And then I'd listen back to it and go, oh, okay, that shit doesn't interest me. But his blues playing, mm -hmm. to me, is fucking wow. I oh, mean, yeah. When I heard his yeah. blues stuff, I was like, God, man. I know. I mean, he just, to me, he felt like he took it to another level because he was throwing all that other stuff in, you know? That's what I liked about the blues stuff. It always had a little twist. A little twist. Yeah. And it's funny, like, you brought up Gary Moore, and I've been watching a little bit of Gary Moore of late. Oh, God, I love Gary Moore. I could posts. talk about Gary Moore for an hour. Did you ever meet him? <laughs> I did not meet him. No, oh. I, got, I got to see him live a couple of times. Oh, you I, did? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I played him. a show in, I think it was in Helsinki or something. We're on tour. And he was playing the fucking next night. Oh, yeah. Oh, and we were leaving. I was like, oh, man. But his, his intensity. That's it for me, you know. Fuck. And, and there's a lot of, like, sometimes people reference modern players and they say, oh, he's like Gary Moore, you know, or this or that. I've, I don't see it. I, I, I don't see that. Like, when I saw him live, um, the second time I saw him was in a really small seaside town oh, in wow. England. And, uh, and he had... Um, he had Albert King with him as a guest that night. And so it was when he first started doing the blues tour. It was like the first one from, yeah. from the um, Still Got the Blues era. And, um, and he just walked on, like picked up Les Paul. And it was, I mean, you want to talk about intensity from the word go, you know. Uh, it was just ridiculous. Just, you know? And I've, I've seen enough, like, like I have a ton of soundboards and I've, I have... You know, like the whole period, right through from his first solo album, Thin wow. Lizzy, the whole thing. Like I was, I'm a huge. And, and, okay. and the, there's never a gig where he wasn't like that. There's never a gig. Like, there's no... He might have felt he had an off night, but there's never a gig where the intensity dropped, you know, just... just he just moment, seemed to know. play with his fucking balls. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, yeah. But such a lot of emotion in it all as well. Like, like, like even... Like people that hear him and go, oh, he's just a, like he's too fast to be bluesy. That really irritates me because yeah. it's like there's so much soul in his but playing. That's it's just, not, you know, that seems to be his. I watch him in interviews, trying to work out why is he who he is. Yeah, and that just seems to be that's him. It's yeah, that's yeah. just him. He's not trying to be anything. That's just fucking exactly, him. exactly, yeah. And that's I got into him when obviously when still. Got the blues come out. I got so you, that were, album. you didn't get the rock stuff before that. You weren't. I did. Yeah. I did get. The, and um, you know, the boys are back in town and all that kind of stuff. He's, and no, he's not. On I that. wasn't on that. No, no, no. no. Was, but he was in Thin Lizzy he, for a short time. Right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The time I knew he was in Thin Lizzy, yeah. and I we'd played some Thin Lizzy stuff, so yeah. I knew of him. But when he came out with that, still got the blues, and that album. I mean, um, walking by myself. I don't know how many yeah, yeah. fucking weddings I played that. Oh, I know. I used to play all the time. I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> that was like yeah. a Mustang yeah. Sally right, right. cover, oh, you know. God, yeah. Those two fall in the same oh, thing. Yeah. But Still Got the Blues was just, that was just, wow, man. There's an album from about 1982, I think it is, Corridors of Power. And, okay. And that album, for me, it has a cover of Wishing Well by Free on it, right? And, and, and that album is, you know, I know like... You guys talk about tone sometimes. That album for me was the Strat tone. The, really? That's the reason I play Strats now yep. or Strat style guitars. Yep. The tone on that album, to this day, if I hear that, it just like the hairs, it, the whole thing. I just, oh wow. my God, I just love it. You know, you know what? I remember exactly so when I got into oh. <laughs> uh, Gary Moore. I got into Gary Moore. We, we were doing his version of Friday on my mind. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that guy just died. That's right. That's yeah, right, yeah. In, yeah. in Australia, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the yeah. uh, 
Easy Beats? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, Am I, can't I getting remember. that wrong? I can't remember now. That sounds right. Yeah, I think it was, I was his. Yeah, Beach, I can't think of his, yeah. can't think of his name. Yeah, but um, either, but, but I, I thought read, his I version that, yeah. of that was yeah. badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing about that album that drove me nuts uh, is that he used a drum machine. It was like 1987, and at that time, that was like, ooh, a drum machine, you know. And of course, then fast forward 20 years, and uh, everyone's going, oh, why did he use a drum machine? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so bad. But, but there's some great playing on that album, so, Wild Frontier uh, album. Man, yeah. It's one of those guys that just. He had so much more. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. So much more. Uh, I know. And it's really sad because he was going back to doing the Celtic rock stuff that I loved. And he oh, was going to make okay. a new album in that really? style with the original, some of the original guys. And that's when he died. So, yeah. Fuck, but oh, well. Man. What are you going to do? Fuck. But, uh, yeah. He did look, the uh, last few interviews, he looked. He looked rough, didn't he? He yeah. looked pretty yeah, rough. Yeah, he, did. <laughs> he, looked, he didn't look good, yeah. He was, yeah. I'm sure he yeah. partied. Gazza partied pretty well, hard. Well, you know, funnily enough, from what I've read, and, and, and I talked to one guy that played with him. Um, oh, wow. I, I played with a bass player that played with him for a little yep. while. Um, and, and he said he really wasn't a big partier in the, back in the day. Now, maybe later on, but right. back in the day, not really. You know, he was, he really? was just like, wow. yeah. He was pretty, pretty much a music, music, and music, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he was one for sure. You know, another guy like I heard, and I heard him really early was Landau, right? And and I and even okay. though even though there was all the stuff with um, the session stuff and everything, um, actually I'm, I have a little rant about this because <laughs> because sometimes I say to my student like my students get stuck in listening to the same three or four people, and I try to say go outside of what you think of the mainstream a little bit. Let's listen to like let's listen to Landau, let's listen to Luca, let's listen to some of these other people. You know, Jimmy Herring. There's so many good players out right. there, right? It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. And what will happen is one one of the students will listen like they'll. Google Landau and they'll hear some session he did in 1985 where it's all like playing through the big rack and it's all chorused and everything. And he's like, oh, I can't listen to that. His tone's terrible. You know, right. That's 1985. <laughs> and that was maybe that producer said, I want this is hip right now. Let's get right. your sound, you know. So that, that drives me nuts because, you know, I mean, come on, the Landau tone on his solo stuff, like you see him at the Baked Potato, the tone's ridiculous, right? Oh, man, I know. still turn on Raging Honkies. Yeah. Oh, I love the Raging Honkies. Oh. But I also love Burning Water. Did you get yeah. into, you know? Yeah. So that yeah. was one of the first ones. But the album that had the biggest impact on me around that time was um, Tales from the Bulge. His, oh, yeah. His, and that was like, to me, that was really interesting because it was kind of fusion, but not really. And it had such great players like Vinny. Yep. was on it and yep. you know all those LA guys were on it so that was a it's funny thing. years ago I of the many jobs that I did throughout LA and trying to survive here I got a job with um Lon is it Lon Cohen he's a he's a uh he has like a rental company now he rents out high-end instruments and I got a job there looking after the instruments and delivering the instruments to sessions and yeah, all this yeah. kind of shit and he was manager for Landau and the Raging Honkers for oh, a while. Okay. So he gave me the whole the whole behind the scenes stories on that and I remember Luca though saying they had a hard time getting a gig back then. Like it was he, like which is really weird to he think. He told me Lon Lon told me that um Landau was just fucking pissed. It was when the Raging Honkies come out, was around Nirvana time. Right, yeah, it was not the right time, was it? And <laughs> and fucking Landau was just he was just pissed. He's like, man, oh, here I am fucking playing my ass off. Yeah. And no one wants to hear this shit. No. And I was like, wow, you know. Yeah. And it was funny because I actually 
put a band and did a bunch of Landau stuff oh, in cool. Australia. Yeah. And I was teaching guitar at a music school in Australia yeah. and I did all that. And I thought, well, I'm going to go play all the schools and that will inspire kids to get oh. guitar lessons. Yeah. So I'm up there playing Raging Honkies and the kids are like, yeah, can you play Teen Spirit? Yeah. You know? And that was yeah. the deal. I, I missed the whole point too. It was sure. like, kids didn't want to hear that shit. No, you know? no, no. But um, yeah, Lon always told me that his manager was like, yeah, he was just pissed, man, that no yeah. one wanted to hear this playing. Yeah. Know? And I listened back to that and it's, Tones are ridiculous. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just, I so want Landau on the show. Oh, he'd be great. Motherfucker, yeah, yeah. I've got to get him on the but show. But I know what, I know, um, I've met him a couple of times and he's quite, he's quite, I don't know if shy is the word, but he doesn't, he's not a big talker about gear and that kind of thing, at least. That, and Scott like, keeps telling like me that. He's like, ah, oh, we're you know? not going to, he don't, hates talking about, I mean, I don't want to talk about gear with him. Right, right, right. I just want to talk about songwriting and his career. Yeah, I really yeah. To, I mean, I'm, I'd love to hear about the stuff he did. Like, I'm a huge Joni Mitchell fan, so I'd love to hear like some of the stuff right. he did what with Joni. What was it like playing like, with her? You know, yeah, exactly. That would be. You know, that'd be and a what's story. it like playing with James Taylor? Gigs, James fascinating. Taylor. You know, you know, yeah. you know. He plays yeah. all these. I I want to hear it from the man himself. Right, right. He's so iconic. Lukather is another one. I've been, I've been going back and forth with Luke on email, and he's such a sweetheart. He's been really cool and just saying, man, I'm out on the road, I'm busy. Yeah. When I come that back, I'll do it. That man is constantly on the road, isn't he? But um, I want to get him on the couch. Oh, he's great. He's so funny. I, I saw him do a thing at the Grammy Museum once where it was like a retrospective kind of thing, and he was telling really funny stories about Michael Jackson's and stuff. You know, He's oh, got man. so many of those stories. And I was like, because I, I do some writing at Bad Robot, uh, oh yeah, studio. and um, I was I went in there, and the musical director who knows I'm like a now I'm a massive Luke fan, like huge Toto fan. Like I don't care if it's unfashionable to say I love Toto. I love yeah, Toto. I lo- too, it's on the record. Right? I love Toto. I right? love Toto. And and uh, you know and all of Luke's solo stuff and the side projects and all that. Love all that stuff. And um, so I was uh, I was at Bad Robot and. Uh, and the musical director's like, I got a surprise for you. And, and Luke comes walking out and we got to sit and have a drink. And it no was really, way. yeah, and he was telling some great stories and stuff, you know. So it was really, really cool. I've met him a few times before that, but um, but that one was a good one for me because it was like, you know. He's, but uh, yeah, he's so funny. His stories he's such are great. A fucking, I, the, filthy, too. He's a filthy. filthy man. Oh, filthy. Yeah, filthy everyone man. keeps telling me, you get him on the show, oh, man. Yeah, it's he's, just going to go filthy, into yeah. the gutter. Yeah. My One of my good friends who lives just around the corner. <laughs> Uh, he's the keyboard tech for the band. Oh, right, right. And he works with Paish yeah. in the studio yeah, and he's yeah. on tour with them all the time. He calls me up the day, other day and he's like, in the morning, like calls me like 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, all right, this is weird because this guy's like up at 11, 12 o'clock right, every day. Right, And he calls me, he's like, man, uh, can I come and get a coffee from you? I'm like, what, what the fuck? He's like, someone just burnt my car and my two cars in my driveway down and all my... Italian cypress trees. We've got an arsonist in the area that's wow. lighting houses on fire. Oh she, my god! It's they know it's a girl on a bike. This some crazy chick. Wow! And she lit his house on fire. His cypresses burnt his Mercedes in the front, like completely burnt it, like nuts. The trees are gone. The next door neighbor's car went. But she hit four houses, so he we were catching up. But anyway, he's a Toto guy, and he's God, always telling me crazy. Toto stories, yeah. and, and it's a lot of fun. But um, it just Toto's just so bad. My favorite. What's your favorite Toto album? 
Ooh, that's tricky. I, I really like Hydra, which is a strange one. Okay. Um, you know, I I mean, there's so many. You know, so I like I like some of the later stuff with with when they had Simon Phillips as well. You know, some great albums in there. See, I, like, I love all the old stuff. Minefields is a great album. You know, I really um, got majorly hooked on them was with Kingdom of Desire. Oh, that's a great album. Yeah, I saw that. So I saw that tour in London. I did too. Yeah, yeah. They had the yeah. The, most hottest chick on vocals doing that yeah 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 they had that they had the guy and a girl singing oh. with them. yeah she was great she was yeah. gorgeous yeah. i don't know who i think she used to do motley crew and all that kind of stuff too she was absolutely dropped there gorgeous yeah i want to talk to luke about those stories <laughs> but th- that album was a big a album because t- yeah, it was such yeah, a guitar yeah. album it and was, luke yeah. was vocally every- he on was everything pretty dominant on that yeah yeah so it's good i met luke at a party years ago oh yeah he, he was was that when he was <laughs> And he he was, I was going through having a baby and he gave me all that advice. Right, right, right. He was so cool about it. He was like, dude, you'll be right. Just be there for the kid. And yeah. Yeah, you know, he was just, he was a good dad, you know. Yeah. He was just no, giving great. me all the good, good advice. I remember that. We didn't talk about any guitar stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah, It was yeah. like, he, I think he looked at my eyes and saw how shit scared I was about becoming a father. That, and he's like, that had to dude, just, the, yeah. just stay the course. You're going to be okay. <laughs> breathe, breathe. You'll be okay, mate. <laughs> I think that's what it was. But um, but I can't wait to get him on the show. We're actually going to have Bonamassa on the show. Oh, okay, cool. We're going to get Joe yeah. on the show. Yeah. And uh, fingers crossed we might have Vi. Oh, that would be great. He's, yeah. You know, Vi... Um, he is such an interesting guy, you know. Right. He's another one people get hung up. They go, "Oh, he doesn't play bluesy," and I go, "But if you want to listen to blues, go and listen to Albert King." You know, like like Vi does what Vi does brilliantly. Oh you know, God, and as a yeah. composer, I think the guy's great. You know, I think he gets kind of a bad rap, and he's- he gets logged in with being like. Oh yeah, that was the shredding back then. But he's—I right. mean, the guy's a composer. Yeah, you know, he's, like, he's amazing. I think, he's great, I think you know. and also he's—he's he's so deep. He is really he deep, is. and that's what I'm really curious because. Yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff out there about his guitar playing that, but I actually want to know about him and how he thinks. Well, he did a really interesting Trufar course, and it wasn't really really about playing. Right. Uh, It was much more philosophical, and it was actually really, really good. I've got to check that one out. Yeah, it's really interesting. And he, He just talks about getting into a mindset and, and how he writes and, you know, and, and actually for somebody that people think is very technical, he's quite, you know, he's, he's quite um, open to, you know, he, he just kind of takes his muse where he finds it and, yeah. and follows it, you know, and then he sort of analyzes it afterwards. But yeah, he's a really interesting guy, I, I think. You know. I, some fans from Guitar Wank posted that he, um, and I went and watched the video, he did an interview with uh, Nikki Six. Oh, I saw a little bit of that. Yeah. Where he mentioned Scott. I saw that on Scott's And he mentioned site. Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. fucking Scott Henderson. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, yeah, and he goes something like, he's kind of weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, he nailed awesome, that. Yeah. He nailed that. <laughs> but I'm really excited to talk, sit and talk with him. I think that'd be really fun. But, um, I mean, we've got so many people we want to talk to. It's so hard just to get people together yeah, to course. make the show work. Yeah. A lot of times we have someone that can do it and Bruce and Scott aren't around right, to do right. it. You know, of course, yeah. Even tonight. Yeah. Well, Bruce yeah. is, you know where Bruce is tonight? He's playing Seth McFarlane's birthday party. Oh, really? Oh, how funny. On Sunset Boulevard at, I think they're playing one of the big hotels there, but oh, I right. guess Seth wanted a jazz band and Bruce is playing with him and... Um, uh, 
Erskine? Oh, Peter Erskine. Yeah, yeah, Peter. yeah, yeah. Oh, he's great. Now, I'm a huge weather report guy. Oh, really? So, oh, huge. Like, J- Jacko is another one I'm obsessed with, you know. Like, so, and, <laughs> and actually, like, Wayne Shorter, too. I'm a big weather report I see. Guy, so. so, you get yeah. along well with yeah. Scott. Yeah, right. On the, yeah, I, don't think, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, actually. But, yeah, I love, I love weather report, man. Such so, a um, great band. So, Bruce is playing that tonight. I believe Seth was going to get up. Because he he does all the jazz stuff. Oh, yeah, he does it great, yeah, yeah. And uh, he was going to get up. So I said to Bruce, I said, man, that's going to be a who's who party tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that, oh, that'll, be, that'll be, so be showbiz. So yeah. many hot women there yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah. I said, man, yeah. now if, if you want to get up for a sexual harassment, thou's, <laughs> that's the place tonight's to do it. To do yeah. it. Yeah. This will put you on the map, yeah. not in the best way, no. but it'll get you... <laughs> See, Bruce, just start, just start touching, you know, yeah. just put it out there, man. Yeah, lit- literally put it out there and see what happens. Oh, man. That's great. He took a bunch of guitar work mugs. He was going to give Seth one. So oh, nice. I, I hope he gets one. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. So I'm curious to see how that goes. But, but yeah, as I said, it's like, it's hard to, to nail the guys down to get, oh, sure, to yeah. line it all up, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. No, definitely. But, so, you, know. you so yeah, I was doing all those gigs and everything in, 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 and like the band was going to London and stuff like that. And then I just started, and then I went to college and um, I was doing like a split music and film kind of thing. I was doing right. some film writing and stuff like that. And then, and then um, but that's when I got really serious about music. And it wasn't even really to do with the, with the college. It was more just a mind, like a switch kind of flicked. And then I was like, right, I need to know how things work, you know, and, and so I became really, really obsessive about it, you know, and um, I took some lessons with, uh, I did the Jimmy Bruno thing online. That was oh, like, okay. that was some jazz stuff that I did. And yeah. I just, but mostly, mostly just me figuring stuff out by yeah. records or, or just reading about stuff and just, you know, a lot. I mean, I took some private lessons here and there, but, and, and then stuff with Jimmy was really good because that was jazz centric, you yep. know, which, which I needed. But um, yeah, so a lot of that. And then when I, when I came to the US, I, uh, I was playing a lot of gigs. And, uh, and then I had a book published by Cherry Lane, an instructional book. And that's how I got in touch. And I got some stuff in uh, Guitar One. It was now, hold it, hold it, back it up. Yeah. Now, at what point you were like, so you just went having lessons, blah, 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 learn some jazz, and then I'll write a book. How the fuck did you write a book? Like, <laughs> well, well, a few years went by in between, and right. I, like I was playing so many gigs in that time and like yeah. studying constantly. Like I sort of went, you know, once I got once I got that. Oh, I'm 14, and they're not going to ask me for ID ever. <laughs> Let me drink myself into a coma for 10 to 15 years. Once I got that out of my system, like, I, I once asked my parents about that because I would say, I would say, hey, mum, will you buy me like a six pack of beer? She'd be like, yeah, all right. And 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 I said, how come you you uh, you know, the Americans would call that enabling, right? How come you? How come you did that? And and she said, "We thought you'd grow out of it. You just took about twelve years longer than we expected." You know. So anyway, so I sort of got that out my got that out my system, and then I became very, very studious, and like very hardcore practice, and yep. you know stuff like that. So I got. I was sending off, I was re- making records and sending stuff off and, and I got some stuff into some of the guitar magazines and I got interviewed in Guitar One, as it was called then, I think, right? Guitar for the Practicing Musician or Guitar One? of those. I don't, and, I don't and, know if and, we, I yeah, didn't no, that have that US, in no, Australia. That was, a, that was a US one. For, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Anyway, because of that, the editor um, put me in touch with one of the guys at Truefire. I started talking to them. I did a bunch of free stuff for them, lessons for them and then we got talking and I said, well, I've, uh, um, oh no, I, I got in touch with the 
editor of the book company right. first, did that. Then I took the book to Trufire and said, look, I've got a book. I'd like to do some videos on this. And then they said, now, okay. What's, what's the book about? The book was called um, Jazz for the Blues Guitarist. Oh, um, awesome. So, yeah, it's okay. I, and it's, you know, it was a long time ago I wrote that. So now I would probably do it a bit differently, but um, well, it's, it's yeah. okay. You know, but, um, uh, and it was edited by a piano player versus a guitar player, which <laughs> pissed me off a bit, I have to say, because they, they kind of came at it at a slightly different, you know, you know. Am I telling people not to buy the book? It sounds like it, no. doesn't it? Well, it sounds thing, like it's you know. a great title. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I it would buy it. It is a good title, yeah, yeah. For the title alone, uh, and if you've got a table that's a little, if you've got a table is that's it a big not book? quite, it's, it'll help a table, you know. Really? It's, it's big, no, it's not me. <laughs> Sorry, me. But anyway, so, so but once I got with Truefire, then um, then uh, I started doing the classroom for them, um, which is where like I build a curriculum, and that's really cool because students I can have students all over the world because it's not live. So like I've got guys in Japan and Mexico and everywhere, you know. And so I say to them, you know, hey, um, we're going to work on this song, you know. I'm I show them how to play it, yep. film it, upload it, and then they go away and practice it. They film it, upload it, I review it, and it goes on, you know. And the thing that's been really cool about that is I built a core curriculum, but everybody's lesson plan is unique. And so sometimes it's we've gone off on these really interesting tangents. Like I've got guys I've, that have been in the classroom now for six, seven years, and we're friends, like real friends, you know. Wow. And, and I know a lot about them and their families, yeah. and they know about me and everything. And, and so like they'll help They'll ask me to help them write songs and I arrange stuff for their band. I mean, it's become a whole thing, you know, like a community, which is cool. So uh, I didn't know that was going to so, happen. So I've got to yeah. say, man, I, I like and I've become such a fan of True Fire and what they're doing. And they're really killing it. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, can you deliver like teaching guitar in any better of a way than what they're doing than having a live teacher? Right. I mean, it's right, probably better right. yeah. than live teacher because... You can just keep going back and reviewing. Yeah, shit. I mean, it, I think there's pros and cons because I still do yeah. a lot of live lessons as yeah. well. Like I was out teaching today all day. Um, but but so there are there are um, there are pros and cons to it. You know, like obviously the the only downside is if they they want to say, wait a minute, how do you do that? You know, right. and they'd actually say that, but then I don't answer because it's not live and they're yeah. confused. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Man, that's, but, that's know, so bad. And then I then I started going down to the True Fire Studio in St. Petersburg, Florida. And filming, and they've got amazing studio. Oh, is that so where they're at? That's where we do the courses. Yeah. So who owns Truefire? Um, uh, this guy Brad. Uh, is who, he a player? Uh, yeah, he plays. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's a very it's a very small core group of people, you yeah. know, um, that that run it, and uh, and then everybody comes down to there for the for the filming. It's something. interesting to me, man. It feels like maybe maybe six seven years ago, guitar wasn't that popular. Yeah. It went through that stage where it was like... I think it depends who you ask now if it's popular. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think... Yeah, I well, I guess because we have the media, like we have so much social media, and you can turn on Facebook or YouTube, and you can see some kid fucking killing yeah. Yeah. around the... Somewhere in the world, you know, just smoking on guitar. But there for a while, it just felt like guitar was not popular. Well... Solo guitar wasn't popular yeah, yeah, yeah. and none of that. No, it was true. kind of like the the edge to me was kind of just it. Yeah. But now it's... There was sort of that resurgence of like the acoustic thing, wasn't it? With all yes. the percussive stuff and all that. And another, my yeah. friend Vicky uh, Janifan's fantastic at that. You know, like you know, she's another true fire person. Yep. But yeah, there's, so that kind of had a thing, didn't that it? That had a thing, you know? yeah. But, um, but now I feel like 
you know, with the country scene has definitely got bigger with with players like Brad Paisley making it really big, sure, yeah. Keith Urban, yeah, and then. You mean the rock and roll scene with a lap steel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what it is, right? It's not fucking yeah, country no, it's anymore. It's just fucking... Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's, it's... A lot of it sounds like 80s rock. It does. But just with, a, does. with a violin and yeah. a lap steel thrown in. It really does. There's definitely... There's a parallel between like Shania Twain and, and Def Leppard, isn't there? Oh, well, uh, they're both, you know, Mutt and Mutt Lang, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And ACDC, yeah, yeah, Exactly, you know? yeah. It all, it all sort of it all blends ties together. In. Yeah. But it, 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 is, it is funny, but I feel like... In the last few years, and maybe it is just because of social media and yeah, it's putting it all yeah. out there, but fuck, man, like, like you, you got to leave your ego at the door because oh, yeah. there's always someone yeah. who's just, like, have I'm you seeing seen these that, Have girls. you seen that Jam of the Month thing? I, I haven't I, yet. I do that every month, and I tell you, there are some players in there that are just world class, you know, and these are just guys or girls in their bedroom playing they, these people are amazing you know there's there's some really and wow. the thing is it's like sometimes the whole youtube generation of guitar players the big criticism is there's no soul and you do see that like you right. definitely see these guys oh i can tell that guy locked himself in his closet and did those you know frank gimbali sweep arpeggios yeah, for 13 yeah, years you yeah. know um no girlfriend then so, <laughs> yeah. but, but uh but some of the people like in this in that particular group amazing yeah really good really really wow. good so the only thing I don't like about the YouTube generation of it is, like, I don't, I still don't really understand why people post themselves playing covers of other people's songs. I still, for me personally, that doesn't make any sense. I'd rather see them post their own song, but that's yeah, just how I've always I, been. I about, hear you on that. You know. Like, sometimes I feel because I'd rather just watch the original if it's going to be. If they're not, yeah. I mean, if they're reinterpreting, I, it, I, I, yes, I, but if I it's no, you, you know, I don't get it really. I, but, I agree. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it it crosses the line from being inspired and it goes to being just annoyed. <laughs> right. And I think these are all the things of a guitar player watching this, all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can be inspired and then you're just annoyed right? and then you're depressed <laughs> and then you're just beating yourself up because you're not as good as that kid that right. was on fucking YouTube that's like half your age. Right, right. You know? And I used to feel that way just about Tommy Emmanuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's fucking with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, motherfucker, you know, maybe I just need to stay in my bubble, you know. Yeah. But it's it's weird. Like, I'm seeing all these girls that are just, mm-hmm. uh, that, that um, is she Brazilian? Larissa? Oh, I can't think of it. She's Sir. So she plays a lot of, she plays oh, Sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. That chick, I can't think of her name, Barissa. Oh, she's done a bunch of, vertex pedals lately oh, and that. Sure, yeah. but her whole approach to guitar just seems she's kind of flipped it a little bit mm-hmm. like it's way different yeah and she stands out and she's such a beautiful player and just she's killing it and no, i'm I don't saying think i know who that is i need to i need to check yeah it out. uh i can't think of it larissa baricio or something like yeah, that yeah. I, I know i'm getting that wrong but but fuck man i look at her playing and i'm like where the fuck did that come from? It's just, yeah. it's very, very melodic. Yeah, that's cool. Very, just easy. Just seems to just flow. And I've seen a bunch of girls like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just like, oh, fuck, yeah. man, you bitches are kicking our ass. Yeah, why, like, did, why didn't I meet you when I was 21? Right? right? Oh, my God. I mean, God. that's really the question. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're really saying, isn't it? <laughs> you know, she's, she's really cute and she's <laughs> right. just killing yeah. She's and you could like you could go out for dinner and talk about pick thickness. <laughs> when does that happen? You, you could, you, know. you could, you could do that. When does that ever happen? I you mean, know. Just... 
it's funny because um, we've been trying to get Jennifer Batten on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, and I'm such a fan of her because she's great. I mean, yeah. God, what she's done in her career and everything. But she's not in town, so it's. And she said, she said to me, Troy, I fucking hate LA, so I don't want to come there. <laughs> so it'll Maybe be rare her. when she, she usually comes at Nam though. Yeah, me get her then. So I'll try and get her then, but. You know, now there's just so many female players that are just kicking ass mm-hmm. and doing things. But question to you, like yeah. like you say, you see all these great players. Wow, to make a living mm-hmm. and to have a career as a musician, it's no, it's just not being great anymore. Well, I live in my car. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and as you saw, it's a very small car, right? Right, it's a mini. I, and I'm a little tall. I'm a little tall to be I living I thought it was Austin Powers from Poland up. I was like, oh, fuck it. Maybe Oh, baby, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I think, I think it's, a, it's a really good question. And I think um, all I would say, and, and it's not been easy. You know, I, I, when I was at college, I made this decision and I said, that's it. I said, there's nothing I like more than playing guitar, right? Yeah. So I'm going to find a way to do it. And that's, that was basically, I said that. I said it out loud and people right. look at me like, what's he talking to? <laughs> you know? and, and I mean, I have this weird thing with a guitar though, like where um, I can be teaching someone and a complete beginner, for example, right? And I've just got the guitar on and, and I'm just strumming like, you know, an open G chord or something. And I still have this childlike, sense of joy from feeling the guitar against me even with just a g chord resonating you know now of course i'm working on this crazy fusion shit but but so there's something about that that i discovered when i was when i was you know really young and so i'm like if i can be connected to that in some way every day and if i can even find a way to somehow make a living doing it then that's what i'm going to do so that was a not the easiest decision it's 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 yeah. ended a lot of relationships it's caused a lot of trouble caused me a lot of stress yeah um but still wouldn't change it that's you know? who you are but yeah exactly and so <laughs> the the advice i would give to someone that's trying to do that is the the one word is diversify like mm. when i was in when i was in the midwest i would do country sessions i would i mean I, i've done every kind of session i've played in i played for a, a year and a half in a, a 12-piece soul review band. Wow. I've done acoustic folk duos. I've done jazz gigs, you know, a metal band. Uh, I mean, like, the whole <laughs> the whole lot. Like, I did my trio in the Midwest was mostly a blues trio, the one that toured up and down. Um, uh, <laughs> we, were in, we were in Arkansas once, right? Right on the border of Arkansas and Missouri. Yep. And uh, we were playing this, this uh, club, which, by the way, has the best diner I've ever been to in my life. It's, it was really Twin Peaks like, you know. Like I was, I wasn't sure if it was really happening. But we were, we were in this club, and uh, we just finished the set. We got off the stage, and this guy comes up to us. He was a huge guy. He was about, you know, six, seven or something. Yeah. And uh, and he said to my, my drummer and I are standing there. <laughs> and he said, I don't know. Well, I thought of this, but I got to tell you now. And and he goes, uh, he goes, I sing. And I, and I said, oh, that's cool. Good for you. Good for you, mate. You know, and the drummer's giving me this look, right? And he goes, yeah, he goes, I love to sing. And he's got this really deep voice, right? He goes, I love to sing, you know. And I said, oh, that's great. And he goes, can I sing with you? And I said, well, I said, you know, we, we got a pretty pretty tight set and we're just going to do one more set and then we got to go load up in the van. So we probably won't have any guests tonight, you know. And then without missing a beat, he goes, hot-blooded! 
starts singing in the highest falsetto you've ever seen. And my drummer is looking at me and I'm shaking my head like, this guy's going to kick our ass. Do not, do not. You know, it was a beautiful moment. <laughs> but anyway, so I was... You know, I don't know how many times that's that's happened to us all. Right, right, right. It's always that guy yeah. is like, I, no, yeah. I, seriously, I can sing. Like, yeah, let me yeah, sing. yeah, yeah. Let me sing. And then now and he then... You, I mean, his pitch was good, but... Now and then you'll get one mm. where you're like, oh my God, this guy can really yeah. sing. Yeah, But it's pretty rare. Yeah, it was just... <laughs> It was just an unexpected choice, <laughs> sudden leaping vibrato, uh, falsetto, you know. But, um, uh, sorry, what were you saying? I got sidetracked thinking about that bizarre guy. Oh, yeah, diversify, yeah. yeah. So, so lots of different gigs and stuff, you know, lots of different sessions. Teaching, um, you know, trying to teach as many different styles as possible. Um, about the only thing I don't really teach is classical. I don't really have that technique. So if somebody asks me for classical lessons, I send them to somebody else. Yeah. You know, but other than that, you know, and just, just and then, like, you know, different i found ways to to do writing for magazines and music you know just as many different things as you can think of um that are still connected in some way that that's the way i've i've done it you know and yeah. I, and, and when i was before i had now i have my daughter i i'm not you know i don't, don't go out anywhere near as much and stuff but but back then when i was first making connections and stuff you know i w just i didn't say no to anything you know yeah. any gig or anything like that because yeah. yeah. you have to you know yeah so that but but being being willing because sometimes i meet people and they're very close-minded about what style they want to play you know and i go well really you know it, it's and even though like you know I, I'm, I don't particularly like certain styles but i would learn it and i'd be like oh there's something cool in this i can then bring to my thing, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. that's so to me, it makes no like I've always listened to as many different styles of music as possible. I think Dude, I think you have to, don't you? you know, I, I, mean, I think you do. Mm. I mean, I get I'm I'm one of those guys that I'll put on I'll put on Brian Setzer. Mm -hmm. and I go, fuck, man, I just want to be a rockabilly guitarist. Right, right, right. I'm fucking that's all I want to do. And then I'll put on, you know, something else, some jazz. And I'm like, oh, my God. All I want to do is jazz. <laughs> right. And then I put on some swing and I'm like, fuck, man, I've got to be a swing guy. You're saying guy. you're easily influenced. <laughs> and Brad Paisley comes right, on. I'm like, right, man, right. that's the fucking right, career right, I want. Right, right. And I'm so torn yeah. in all these different directions. I think I've wasted so much fucking time just jumping back and forth and not... I know what you mean with and that. Not I, really, I've done a bit of that myself, right? I must admit. But it's funny because if you really think about it, like if you think about what it is you like about certain players it's usually only a couple of two or three things isn't it and that's very defined you know like bb king that that big singing vibrato yeah. like brian setzer it's like you know it's that sort of like rockabilly vocabulary with a little jazz swing in there yeah, isn't it? you yeah. know and, and it's like you're like you know brad paisley it's just that just those those the, the way those runs just come yeah across, they like just the, the groove flow, of those right? runs you know yeah i think I, i'm i'm definitely more you know, I went through the, the stage of just being very guitar orientated, yeah. but I think I'm now, I really, really gravitate towards players who are the whole package. Like yeah. I love, I love the front guy that can sing and play sure, yeah. and deliver the whole package. Yeah. You know, I'm a huge Mark Knopfler fan. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, and it's funny because Bruce and Scott are just like, Mark Knopfler, what the fuck, really? The three, <laughs> the three defining guitar moments for me as a kid were the one Gary Moore's Strat Tone, which I right. talked about earlier. The the arpeggios on the outro to Sultans of Swing. Oh yeah, right. Yep. And yep. and Hendrix on the when he's flicking the volume switch at the start of Voodoo Child and he's bending that note and it starts <laughs> to go to feedback erection, right? Yep, so, yep. Like, you know, and, yep. and so but yeah, so Mark Knopfler's fucking great, you know. He's so, you he's know. just to me. 
Oh man, his tone and all these guys have got monster tone. Like they've and his got- time is so good too. It's so understated. Yeah, you know? and like God, brothers in arms. Come on. Oh I mean, like, man, the fucking like, tone. Oh, like mean, that's yeah, yeah. that's one of to deliver the song uh, guitar wise, but also to be able to deliver the vocals and the yeah. lyrics. Yeah. To me, that's the shit right there. For me. Well, you know, I, I would see. I've always had a split personality because, not literally, hopefully, but <laughs> I wouldn't know. Would you? Maybe. <laughs> but like when I was, when I was, right when I was into like the sort of pyrotechnical guitar players when I was, you know, a teenager, I, I was also a huge fan of like early Elton John records. Massive. We were just talking about this the other day. Massive, um, crowded house. Neil oh, Finn fan. Huge. Like wow. definitely my probably my favorite songwriter of all time. Right. 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 And and so I have this other side to me. Like Sean Mullins is one of my favorites. Right. Yeah. You know, huge Joni Mitchell fan. Um, Stephen Wilson. Yeah. So I, I have this whole like, and I, I actually like some pop stuff like The Feeling, the UK band. I love that band. That you know, great. So, really so good. I have um, that side of me, and I actually have a whole thing I do. Like I put out a song this year which is just an acoustic song that i sang you know so i love that side of it too yeah you know? so it's like you know some of the most emotional concerts i've been to were like a, a sean mullins gig or neil finn at the royal albert hall i mean these gigs oh, you saw just, neil finn oh my god oh, it was wow. so good it was wow, so man. good he came out for the encore and and the thing about their show and i saw Greater house a bunch as well right the, oh, the thing about jealous. the thing about their shows is he it's really funny he almost had the mentality of a jazz musician not in the way he plays but there he wanted every one of their shows to be unique and if you if you listen to like live crowded house stuff you know or you see them live they always do stuff he would always instigate something to do with the audience or something mm. that made that show and i always thought that was brilliant you know because yeah. it, it you know what i mean like it's like an improv- improvisation yeah. moment but anyway at the, at the encore for the royal albert hall he comes out and uh he said, he said, everybody look under your seat. And everybody had a piece of paper and a pencil under their seat. And he goes, write on that piece of paper a song you would like me to sing as the last song of this gig. And he goes, you could start from Split Ends through Crowded House. And he just released his, just released, um, uh, Try Whistling This. Okay. His first, oh, yeah. His, I love that album. such a great album. Fuck, it? Oh, I got big God. time into that, that album. That album's just, yeah. So that was the period he was at. So he goes, any of the Crowded House, any of the Split Ends, he goes, any of the, the side projects I've done with, with my brother Tim, he goes. If you're a hardcore fan, you can. E-, he goes. You can even put a song on there that maybe is like a B-side or something, right? He goes. Just write it on there. And so everybody wrote a song down. Now he goes. Make a paper airplane out of that. And he goes. And we're going to count down from five and on zero. And the Royal Albert Hall's like really big, right? And it looks down on the stage. Yeah. And he goes on zero. Everyone's going to throw that plane at, at me, right? And he goes. The one that lands closest to my chair is the song I'll play, right? And he counted down. And as he said zero. Everybody threw it. The lights went down and it went, it went to ultraviolet. And it was like one of the most beautiful things I've oh, ever seen wow. in my life. All these, all these paper planes flying towards the stage, you know. And it turned out like the, the song that got there was really obvious. It was like a really well-known Grand House song. I think it was like something so strong. And I was like, oh, man, I thought, you, you know. <laughs> but, but what a cool idea. What you know? a fucking great yeah. experience. Yeah. And, I, and it's so weird. Like, all these years later, that image is just burnt in, you know, so... Yeah. That crazy. He is. I saw him at um uh, the record store in LA. What's uh, Amoeba? Amoeba. Oh yeah. I saw him there, and um, I think I saw him. Was it with Tim as well? With his brother? No, it wasn't. Oh, it was maybe just it was him. him. Oh, okay, it must have been different. It's just him. Yeah. But um, I'm such a fan, and I had some DVDs of him like doing a uh, session thing in New York. Oh yeah, yeah, 40, West. 50, yeah, 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 something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But man, is that as, the one with is that the one with David Byrne on it? 
I think so. Yeah. Isn't That's he a really son? weird interview. Like David Byrne's interviewed him. David Byrne's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. and isn't he... His isn't son plays with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, he's one of those songwriters, man, that just... He's written some songs where you're just like, man, I would have given anything they're to, just, they're to just, write that. Yeah, they're just perfect, aren't they? Perfect yeah. songs. And, 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 you know, as well as people referencing the songwriting, his voice is... I mean, there's such emotion so, in his voice, you know. He's just... Great singer. He's he's one of the he's one of the best, man. Yeah, he is. He's a, a massive fan. He, I, I, he didn't. I mean, he hasn't. Uh, he's not massive in America, but not he has America, a massive yeah. following. Yeah, in the rest of the world, he's he's oh, like, he's huge. you know huge. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Um, fuck, he would have been. He'd be a great guy to sit down and have a beer. He's with. funny too. Like yeah. from I mean, I, I haven't met him, but I mean, I, like when I've seen him interviewed, he seems pretty funny. Yeah. And be, Sean Mullins is another one. Like that guy's voice. The, the way that guy's voice, and I've seen him at like tiny clubs where he's just singing through like an SM58, right? So it's not like some great sound system, yeah. you know, and, and his voice resonates like nothing I've heard, you know, like live, he's just the most amazing singer. God. You know? And he blew up, he had that massive hit and blew him up there for uh, when yeah, he Yeah, it's broke. funny though, because he talks about that in his gigs and, and that, re- that one song that met Lullaby, which made Lullaby, it huge, right. wasn't really... Like the rest of his catalogue, you know, so he sort of, he became uncomfortable in the spotlight and all that and kind of went back to doing what he was doing before, you know, so. Kind of funny, like, how that, how that yeah. goes down, Yeah, right? you could see it, though, like, especially, yeah. like, nowadays with the cult of celebrity and, yeah. you know, or the cult of people that don't do anything as well, you know, so. It's fucking yeah. crazy. Is there a guitar player that that you've always wanted to see and you got to see him and you were, it was better than you expected? Or? Oh, Jeff Beck. Jeff, oh, you yeah, saw Jeff Beck? Yeah, yeah, I've seen Jeff Beck three, four times now. Wow. And, and it was actually the second, the first time I saw him was amazing, but the second time I saw him, he had a, it was actually in LA and he had an orchestra with him and it was just, oh, wow. it was like a, you know, spiritual experience. It was, See, when I yeah. first heard Jeff Beck, I didn't, it took me, I was so young, I yeah. just didn't get it. I yeah. didn't get it for the longest time. I, the penny only dropped for me a few years back when I heard him do um, the Beatles. Yeah, Day in the Life. Yeah. When I heard that, and it was actually, a, I think it was a YouTube video, and he was on a show, and he just, he was doing an interview, and he just stood up and played it. Okay, yeah. And I was like, fuck, man, okay, I get it. Yeah. I could never get past his fucking white boots. That he, <laughs> his cow, I was always like, what the fuck's he doing? Yeah. Why is he wearing those boots? Yeah, that, yeah well. But um, yeah. but yeah, what a fucking player. He'd yeah. be... He'd be an interesting cat to talk to. Yeah, he's not very he's not very chatty. Uh, so I, 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 I played with a drummer that that teched for him, and, and wow! Uh, and he, he said he's uh, he's he's a moody guy. His general yeah. consensus, yeah. you know. But um, but maybe you sort of hear that in his playing as well, you know. But no, he's he's phenomenal. You Page know. would be another yeah guy that he seems like he'd have time. Doesn't seem to do much these no, days, does right? he? You know, feel like, I feel like it's time for him to put some new music out. Maybe. Oh, uh, God, what a, yeah. I mean. Or maybe not. Maybe just leave it alone. I can't I imagine what it would mm. feel like to have such an iconic song under your belt. Yeah. Like, you're known for that. I mean, no. he's known for many. Yes. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. For one person to have so many. <laughs> and so many iconic guitar riffs. He's not only an amazing writer, but he's got some of the most iconic guitar riffs of all time. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't ever really... With, with Paige, it was never really his lead playing for me. That really wasn't it for No. Me. It was more... And I was always like... It was always like the production of it all and the whole... You know, I loved all the acoustic stuff as well. I just liked the yeah. whole thing, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, ridiculous. You, you would know. just walk around with, like, 
the biggest bowls on the oh, planet. Oh, yeah, huge like. bowls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. A swagger would be there because of the size of his bowls. I think yeah. so. Like, yeah. we, if we get Bonamassa on, I really want to talk to him about, like, working with Clapton. Oh, right, right, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think Clapton would be an interesting cat to talk to. Yeah. But I... I don't know what he'd, I don't know what, I don't know where he'd be coming from. It'd be interesting. It, you know. it, guys like that, I think they'd be really interesting in the right atmosphere or the right setting yeah because i think a lot of times they'd be like fuck you i don't want to talk to you kind of yeah thing. yeah hard to know I don't, the, I don't know but yeah. you know yeah i don't think they'd be he probably clapton wouldn't be a good guitar wank you should get ingve on that would be hilarious you know i i, I, met, him, I met him once and that was an experience you, you've, yeah. I couldn't believe how fucking tall that guy is. I know, I know. I saw him yeah. at Nam one year. I walked past him, and he was wearing like the whole Elvis. Oh yeah, suit. he constantly wears it, doesn't he? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, fuck, you're a monster. Yeah, like, and he's and, scary. And, and that, that high kick could come out at any moment. <laughs> you know, you could lose an eye. Did you talk to him? <laughs> yeah, I talked to him. And it was, I tell you what, it was a bizarre exchange. I, I, I started talking to him, and I said, uh, I said, you know, uh, I said, I saw you. On, uh, I saw you on tour right when you got Joe Lit because I'm a huge Deep Purple fan as well. Right. I love Deep Purple, right? Yeah. And and um, so uh, I, I said I saw you on tour right when you got Joe Lynn Turner in the band, right? Which was um, I don't know what year that was, but it was it was a while ago, uh, you know. And uh, and it was funny. It was the same. Would you believe it was the same little seaside place I saw Gary Moore <laughs> and and Ingve comes out. You know what a, what a what a, a uh, contrast right so Gary Moore comes out with no intro music just picks up his Les Paul goes straight in Ingve has like the full like smoke <laughs> pomp and ceremony and he comes out and before he's played a note he's like kicking the picks off the st- <laughs> you know into the audience he's, he's spinning and back then those leather pants were svelte on right. him you know but now they looked a little bit yeah enough right. said enough said but uh, <laughs> but anyway so so I said to him, I saw you with Jolene Turner in, in, and I mentioned the name of the club which is the Lee's Cliff Hall yeah. no I'm sorry I didn't mention the name of the club i said i saw you with Jolene turner in a tiny seaside town in england that's what i said uh and he goes what tour and i mentioned the name of the it was odyssey it was the um and he goes lee's cliff hall and he said the date and he was right there and he wow. goes and he goes good venue small but good venue and i couldn't believe it <laughs> right that he actually rem- and this is this is at least like 25 years earlier and he remembered it like that i was kind of like wow that's, i didn't expect that you know so what a f- yeah. an amazing what a character! That's oh the my, word I would use. Amazing character like, guitar yeah, player. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I mean, he's he's fucking. What's what's the word? He's a character of yeah. himself. Yeah, he's a caricature already. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah, he's ridiculous, but I sort of love it. You know, my friend saw him at the Blues uh, House of Blues years ago in LA, yeah. and he said halfway through the show, he invited his missus out, and he said. Check out her tits. I just paid for a new boobs. Check out how good those boobs are. And he's just like That's talking great. about his missus boobs. Yeah, and yeah, pointing yeah. Do you see the clip where he throws the guitar over and the guy missed it? That one's so good. Oh, I haven't yeah, seen that. Apparently, the guy got fired. He he was doing his like showing off, doing his thing, and he and he looked back at the at his roadie or tech or whatever, and he took his strap off and he threw it over his over his head, and the guy completely missed it, <laughs> <laughs> which is so Spinal Tap. It's not even. It's That's not even funny. It's awesome. But you've heard the tapes yeah. on the "See You in Tokyo," bitch. On the what's on the on the airplane? Oh yeah, well, unleash the fury! Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. god! Oh god! Yeah. I'll see you in yeah, Tokyo, yeah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But you know, going to your point about um, like so, there's lots of good guitar players coming through now. 
I guess I guess the thing I'm missing is that crazy personality. Like Eddie had it, Ingve had it. You know, like you know, even people like Joe Pass had a reputation for it. You know, so maybe it's just the way the industry is set up. Though they're not in bands, so they can let these things kind of yeah. develop. You know, because that was there was, and I think as well that that especially with Zeppelin, that persona you didn't know anything about them. Because you couldn't, you know, all you could find out is what was on the back of the album, you know. And, and even with, like, Ingve and stuff, you might read something in a guitar magazine, but that's it. Yeah. So maybe, like, it's more difficult to have yeah, that develop do, now with Do the, we with know the too much? I like think we do, yeah. Like, it's, do. like all the mystery is gone yeah. out of it. I mean, I'm, I'm a really against this, this phone at the concert thing. That drives me right. crazy. Yeah. You know, the worst experience I had of that, I went to see Sting and Peter Gabriel at the, at the Bowl. At the Bowl, yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big... Big fan of both of those oh, guys, right. and and, um, and this, that was really an interesting tour because they actually were on stage together, and they sang each other's songs in parts and combined the bands. How which, was that? It, it, some of it really worked well, some right. of it was a bit weird, but but I thought it was kind of interesting at yeah. least, you know. Anyway, this this ass clown behind me is. Uh, you know, he's singing along because he feels his voice is, <laughs> needs you know, to be heard. Needs to be heard above Sting and Peter Gabriel, and and Sting. Uh, Peter Gabriel starts playing this song and it's a little bit more of an obscure song. And this idiot behind me is trying to show off to his friends that he knows what all the songs are. So he gets Spotify out and he starts playing the song while Peter Gabriel's playing the song. I'm like, could you miss the moment anymore, you, you asshole? fucking kidding you know? me. Yeah, so this, this whole thing, I think this has got out of control now. People cannot shut up for an hour. You know, right? I mean, it's, it is, I, you know, it drives me I, nuts. I tell you, know. you know what? And if you were at a concert and someone's pulling the shit, I think you have every right to fucking put them in their place. Yeah. And if you have to go down toe to toe with them, yeah. fucking step up. But I remember I'm I was, a terrible coward when it comes to physical yeah, violence. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there so. with you. Oh, so I like the statement, but I don't I'm, think I'm follow yeah, up. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just talking. Oh, okay, because I was going to invite you to the next gig and then you I'm not take following up. Okay, okay. I mean, it was and I'll prove that yeah. because I saw Paul McCartney in, in um, Melbourne years ago and I was early 20s where you would think my balls were yeah, bigger yeah. than what they Jimmy should Page be. Jimmy Page size, yeah. And um, Paul McCartney singing and I had these two bitches behind me. Yeah. Young girls just screaming at the top of their lungs. The whole concert. The whole concert. That was a bit like back in the day with the Beatles then. You got to experience that. I got to experience that. And it was so loud I could barely hear that. And for the life of me, still to this day, it bugs me (laughs) why the fuck I didn't tell them to shut the, the hell up. Yeah. And I let it go because yeah, I didn't no, want to offend feel, anyone. I, well, or I didn't want to get in trouble. You don't feel like being like that, do you? Oh, but, but you fuck, know, I should have said. It is annoying, though, if you don't too. stop, I'm going to kill both of you women right now. It's like, yeah, fucking frustrating. Oh man, I, that was my Paul McCartney experience. Yeah. It's like, or fuck. What, what you heard of it? Yeah. Oh man. Funnily <laughs> enough, I saw Sting in Chicago, and a similar thing happened. So he must have a his audience must have a real problem with that, you know, being Crazy. quiet. Sting's. That's another guy that just fucking. It's so so weird. I go on those kicks where I just, oh yeah, sting, and I'll go listen to a oh, bunch I'm of sting. Oh, I'm obsessive like that too. Yeah, yeah, oh. really, really like crazy. I am with it. I'm on a Steely Dan one again now. Oh, really? Like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm reading this Steely Dan book that I've got, and and so now I'm like, you know, now I'm on uh, like trying to listen to like live recordings and you know do all kinds of different stuff. You know, um, there's a really cool website actually called Sugar Megs. Sugar Megs. Yeah, okay. and what it is is people post recordings and soundboards of concerts like i went on there and i found like a steely dan show with wayne Krantz as a guitar and it's really cool it's just 
free, you know, like people, it's just a public oh, wow. sharing site. It's really cool though. So yeah. Is it good recordings? Well, that's the thing. Some, right. this one from 96 is perfect. Wow. It's almost as good as a live album. Yeah. Some of them are crap. <laughs> so it just, you know, it just depends. Because some people it's like, you know, it's your audio nerd that's got the recorder in his anus you know? and so you're gonna get some anus you know? <laughs> right you get yeah, that yeah yeah a little bit of, i know yeah. scott would be dead against that he'd be so oh my trying god to pull yeah, all that yeah. shit down the funny is i i don't know if i should tell this story of my friend but i won't i won't say his name but um um my friend the very first um i'm a big uh frank zappa fan i'm a huge zappa fan right and i was your interviews with dweezil were great by the way and he's a true fire guy as well yeah but, yeah but um but uh anyway so we went to see the first tour of uh the zappa play zappa and um my friend was recording the show and um he had this stealth he's an audio guy so he has this hat it's like a stealth hat that has like condenser mics. Oh my hidden. god! It's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, so he's, <laughs> so, so he's recording the show, and and that that tour they're playing like two and a half hour show, right? And he's desperate to pee, but he doesn't want to miss any, so he ends up peeing in his in his beer while the show's going, so he doesn't miss any. I mean, I gotta give him dedication for that. But then, <laughs> but then he had a couple more drinks, forgot about it, and left the, left the pee in the concert, so he felt guilty about that afterwards. Uh, you know, but, but I do admire his dedication. You know, that's serious dedication. You know, yeah. See, years ago, that probably would have been a bigger deal, but there's no way, even if he wanted to sell that, he could make any no, money anyway, because no, 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 the no. artists aren't even yeah. making any no, money. No, I know, I know. So, yeah, that's another thing that's, you know, won't be retiring off Spotify anytime soon, you know. <laughs> fucking crazy. Now... What do you what are you doing musically? You've got the three piece, right? Yeah, so I got I got my trio, the eclectic trio, and um, we were playing around LA and stuff a little bit. We we just went into um, Revolver Studios um, in um, out in Westlake Village, and we just recorded two new songs, and we recorded them live. Um, and I haven't we haven't been back yet to see how that turned yep. out. So we're gonna gonna go and check those out. Um, I don't know if. I can live with the live solos. <laughs> we'll have to see. You know, that's not easy because this, this, these songs were a little tricky, right? Um, and we were very under rehearsed. And then, and then the bass player, um, his wife just had a baby, so they were taking a little time off with that. And then I have a, a jazz band called Catatonic. It's a new band um, with some really, really good players, and we're hopefully going to start playing at um, Vitello's. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's a, that's oh a man, let me know. I'd yeah, like yeah, that's a, and that's we literally just did that, and it's actually a really interesting group because I'm basically playing the role of piano player in the group. So I've got right. all these crazy voicings on guitar. Like I'm trying to fill piano because we haven't got a piano player, so I'm trying to fill, you know, a lot of the charts of piano charts. So yep. I'm, I'm trying to fill that. Um, and then I have a, um, but, but the eclectic trio is the one that does all my original music. I'm going to do a little bit of original music in the catatonic jazz band as well, I think. But the trio is the one that we have a lot of fun. I love that band. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of improv in it and stuff. And I do some of my vocal stuff as well. It's not, yep. all, it's not all just, um, you know, fusion stuff. And then I have a, um, I play with a, uh, I did an album a couple of years ago with a prog rock band. Oh, wow. Um, and it's all like, you know, 12-minute songs and no, no, you know, a bridge that doesn't repeat and, yep. every, you know, everything's in weird time signatures. Um, so that album was finished and then I just assumed that was the end of it but because the singer left to travel and everyone kind of went their own separate ways. Well, 
I just found out that they're going to do a CD release party. So now we have to relearn the bloody thing. Uh, so that's coming up. So, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, it is fantastic. But the first rehearsal is a week from today. And I, I, yeah, so there's some work to do on that as well. So, so that's going I on. I see yeah. you got fingers in a bunch of pies. Yeah, yeah. I like to be, I like to be busy. That's you know? awesome. I do like to have, I've, you know, this is something I've always done. Like I would always have, um, like in St. Louis, I, I had a, an acoustic, jazz duo and then i had like kind of a heavy group and then i had a funk band and in england you know i always like to have two or three things going on that musically i have to be in a different mindset for you know right um like i, I went through a phase of doing just solo singer songwriter acoustic gigs yeah you know and then at the same time i'd be doing a a, a a a rock band or something so you know just that way it forces you and like this this the jazz band while I'm playing the piano parts is really kicking my ass at the moment. I'm yeah. really having to think about what I'm doing, you know. And it's got me on this whole, it's got me really, really inspired for learning as well. Like, I'm a big um, saxophone player fan. Yeah. Um, huge Michael Bracker, Coltrane, the whole, you know, the whole, the whole lot of them. But um, I love that language that they play, but it doesn't come naturally to me at all. Mm. And, and I think the reason is that, I, like we talked about earlier, I spent all this time growing up like the first time I ever heard anyone really play like jazz stuff was wasn't even it was like someone like Steve Lukather just putting a little bit in, right. you know, and I was so into it. Yep. And then that actually led me, oh, wait, there's a real thing over here. And then finally I got into Miles and Bebop and the whole thing. But that wasn't I went definitely went the fusion route first. So I in those formative years. It was all Gary Moore and Van Halen and, and, and then blues and stuff like that. But I was never really listening to jazz at the time where I feel like the synapses were, you know, like actually there's this book called Your Brain on Music written by this scientist who's oh, also a, a pianist. And, and, yeah. he, and he actually says in the book that there's, a, there's an actual period of time in your life where those records that you were listening to are physically imprinted into your circuits so you might have like you know led zeppelin 2 right in there and that's why when you hear it on the radio you have such a reaction to it whereas you could hear something tomorrow you think's great but in 10 years from now it's not going to make you cry like that does i mean this is just a theory but it's kind of interesting that makes it, you, know? you know i have i have tunes man i have some brian adams tunes right 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 like um his album reckless yeah yeah I was and i was that. going yeah. through that period that was when i was I was dating yep. so much and yep. I was having all these... Would you say you were reckless at that time? I was completely <laughs> reckless. Playing in bands, getting drunk, yep. having the best... Well, not knowing that I'm having the best time yeah, of my right, life. right, right, right. And just having all these dramas with so many different women. Right, right, right. And Brian Adams was there the whole time. Yeah. Oh, I, he was in the room. He was yeah, pretty yeah. much there the yeah. whole time. And I look back at that and I'm like... And I, they'll hear those songs and brings it all back. Oh it? my god, mm. I'm right there. I'm right there. I'm that. I'm that kid again. You so know? that that's my theory. That's why it. I have a hard time with that vocabulary. Like I'm I'm studying it now and I'm working on it really really hard. But yep. but it, it it doesn't come to me naturally like some of that other stuff does. You know. Yep. I think it's because what is what you hear. Not that I am aspiring to be a bebop player because I'm not. But right. I, I want enough of the language. You know, see, the thing is, like, I've never learned licks. I was against learning licks forever yep. because I wanted to improvise what I believed to be, you know, pretentiously pure improvisation. And I, and I realized that these jazz guys are actually playing a lot of licks, you know. And, and I mean, even like your Charlie Parker's, uh, sorry, Bruce, you know, are, are, actually, are actually 
because you'd hear two takes of the same thing and the, yeah. oh there's that same lick same you know lick. so even though it's improvised there's a language right you know and that's the thing about jazz that's always kicked my ass in a way is that it's you have to speak the language as opposed to just you know you can understand it or unless you have some of that vocabulary so probably the last five or six years that's something I've been working on really hard or at least yeah. when I can find the time you know what it's like yeah right time, but that's yeah. now do you have a what's what's uh what's your like your uh, oh god what's the word I'm trying to find uh your schedule like like are you a get up in the morning coffee guitar in front of the tv or what what do you do well like, yeah, what's your I'm, procedure I, I'm, um, well it, it's different because i i um so i have my daughter um you know half the time so on the days when i have my daughter we're up super early you know and and it's you know as you probably know, if you try and do any kind of work or get anything done, it you just get frustrated and it backfires. So it's best right. to embrace her brilliance yep. and just like this is what I'm doing today. You know, like now it's very difficult for me because I'm a very I'm very motivated to do things, and so it's very I have a hard time sometimes moving between those states of mind. But um, well, do you, you get know, to? So, I know I'm I, my girl's younger than your yeah. daughter. She's only coming up to two. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm able to. Let her run around and and destroy everything while I sit and play guitar. No, for that's a little not. Bit. No, she wants to be with me doing oh, stuff. Okay. You know, we okay. actually do jam a little bit. She's got a little piano, so we, we do oh. have some jam <laughs> sessions. Um, but um, but no. So for on a on a normal day, I'm either filming True Fire stuff for True Fire students, or I'm filming stuff that's going to be on my channel or something else, or I or I have students at my house at the studio, or I go to I travel to. Hollywood and Santa Monica and teach people in their homes right. sometimes, you know, um, or it's a band thing I'm working on or it's trying to do some practicing, you know, so it's kind of, it's not, Damn. it's not a set schedule every right. day. It's more of a, you know, but, but some, some, in all seriousness, some days like it will be, you know, like my daughter goes to bed and then I make dinner and then I finish off some emails or something. And I might not sit down until like 10 with a guitar that's that. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do an hour now for me. This is what I'm going to work on, you know. And do you do you have? Uh, is it stuff that you're working on for particular projects, or do you? It's usually project you, based. Yeah, right. yeah. If yeah. I've got if I've got like an Alvis gig or something coming up, and I haven't played the trio tunes in in six months, I've basically forgotten them. You right. know, like unless my I don't know uh-huh. if this is like for other people. My brain is awful. Like you know, it's like I have to. I have to, it's like relearning it, you know, and then, and then I get that stuff down, do those gigs and then, you know, whatever it is. And then yeah. the next project, you know, so yeah, wow. it's, it's pretty project based. Now, you know? And well, what I'll do is for improv sections, like, like with this jazz band, a lot of these chords are like, they're, they're very dense harmony, right? But I'm providing those. So when I come to solo, I'm only playing over bass. It's a trio format, even though there's a sax player, you know, musically it's a trio format. So therefore... I, I'm trying to work on arpeggiating and thinking about these changes and stuff because the big thing for me is not thinking when I'm actually doing a gig. Yeah, that's. Yeah. The, and I know you guys have talked about that on the yeah. on the on the show. Yeah. But um, one of the most um, one of the most inspiring uh, talks I ever saw, and this is on YouTube. Michael Brecker gave a gave a. Um, a talk at a college or something and he talks a lot about this kind of thing like just just being in the moment and trusting that 
you know, the, the work you've done outside. And so he said, sometimes it'll take months before something you've worked on shows up, you know. And that's probably the big thing I, mm. I try to convince students. So I, I see this a lot, and I do blame the YouTube generation and, and the, the fast food culture, is I'll say to, you know, I have a student say to me, like just, just last week, somebody said to me, well, I practiced this for half an hour, so I should have that now, right? You know, and, <laughs> and it's like, maybe, but probably not. Yeah. You know, it, it, you, you need to, you know, I, I have to beat myself over the head with this stuff sometimes. Um, and then maybe in, in two months, it'll show up naturally. And to me, that's a great feeling because it's like, wow, my ear actually did that. Yeah, you know, but you have to, But it's really difficult to get to that area of trusting yourself. All right, thank you, Mr. Rob Garland. You fucking legend. Um, all right, so we got the winner now. Let's announce this winner. Um, let me find where our winner is. And this week's winner, how super excited you will be. We're not because we're gonna have to send a prize overseas, and uh, it's gonna cost us money. Uh, uh, this week's winner is from Norway. Yes, we have international listeners. This uh, week's winner is from Norway. Um, now, I'm just totally going to butcher his name because that's my job. It's not because I can't say it correctly. It's because that's my job. Svien. It's not Sven. It's Svien, right? Svien Eric Martinson. Anastad. Did I even get close? Did I get close? He's in from Norway, damn it. Um, mate, you are our next winner. He said he's done the three things. If there ever will be a hundredth show, I'd like to enter the competition. Well, Svien, or Eric, can I just say Eric because that's the easiest? Um, I'm getting the wind up. <laughs> All right, Sven, email us, mate. Eric Martinson, email us and we'll send you a prize. Have a great week.